son's only going to be 15 once. So you, you're you cheating me out of it, which it hurts me hard. But, like, they're never going to get that time back because you're fucking doing your bullshit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? No, yeah, for sure, man. So, yeah, it's been rough. That's been rough. That's, that's only a thing. shitty tur- circle you got to keep going in. Yeah, exactly. So that's the only thing that, like, fucked me up. You know what I mean? Yeah, bro. For sure. I hear you, bro. But let me give you a proper intro, bro. Um, I'm sitting here with the IKF fighter rep. West Coast champ. Yes, sir. Vinny Familari. Hey, thank you for having me. Bro, I appreciate you coming through, man. The Mexican Stallion. Yes. Um, Bro, I'm just grateful you could come. I think uh, when I think of people that I would like to actually talk to on this podcast, it comes down to people that I think have been through something, um, like have made a crazy transformation or they have a great story or that maybe they've had some success maybe they've had failures and they're bouncing back and um you know you just kind of have had this crazy wave of momentum lately and i'm just happy that you could actually stop in and talk to me bro um Appreciate how do you, you. How, how do you feel about you know your your last fight just to start how do you how do you feel still i Are mean you- I, I feel good i feel good um my last fight was a big fight it yeah. was um so you know to fill the people in um my last fight was uh versus uh Gabriel Silva which is MMA legends uh son Anderson uh Anderson Silva um it was at it was in Seal Beach it was uh for Fighters Rep uh kickboxing promotion yeah. it was for the West Coast title so who's the best on the whole West Coast at 159 pounds um I feel like, in a way, with his name and everything else, of course, I'm the underdog. But as well as, if you know me, you know the fight game. It, like, you know it was going to be a dangerous fight. All good. But, um, you know, it was my first fight back since 2019. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, there was a lot of things going on. Like, as yeah. far as me really feeling like, uh, you know, like, uh, well, is this my last fight? Um, should I be fighting pro if I lose this fight? Should I just throw in the towel? Mm-hmm. I'm getting older, yeah. you know, things like right. that. Yeah, yeah. And then I Some just crossroads coming. Yeah, through. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like just trying to think my next step, you know, yeah. and then thinking like, wow, this is a really big fight, you know? And I, I kept saying through camp, it was like uh Rocky versus Apollo Creed. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, bro. It was fucking dope. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, I wrote down, you know, Gabe Silva, he was five and oh going into it. So we had a lot of hype. Um, I remember the commentary, they were kind of hyping him up too. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, what was, what was crazy and you know, we're going to talk about this fight just a little bit and we'll kind of maybe get into your past um, just to kind of fill uh, more of our listeners in. But I did want to say, bro, you look so calm and collected while you were walking out to the ring. And even the commentary picked up on it. You know, they were like, he's so poised right now. He's he's looking like he's he's on a on a mission already, like with the experience that they were saying that you had. And so did you already know the experience was going to have you in this fight? I did. I felt I felt like it would. Um like to me, to be honest, like not even being like uh, to put myself on a pedestal or high level, like, but 
or like um, conceded, but you have to be confident in yourself, right? You have to be confident in your team. You have to be confident in your training. You have to be confident in where you're coming from. And then in, in mindset, you have to make that mindset that nobody's better than you, that you can beat anybody, that you can, you know, you can do more. And I just felt like, you know, he was five and oh, and I think I was nine and four. And like, when you look at a record that, you know, I almost had double the fights that he had and even almost even being nine and four. So more losing than he even fought total. Yeah. So um, it doesn't attract the attention as the five and oh. Yeah. Yeah. It, no, I know it was a five and oh and then it's Silva son and then he had some yeah, pretty good performances exactly. and stuff. But like I was like, he's never fought nobody like me. Right. And then as well as I was like, I've, I've fought nothing but the best in California. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, I also felt like, in the same sense, they were kind of, you know, feeding them fights or giving them hype or whatever. And I was like, this will be the test, and I'm not worried about it, you know? Cool. And um, that's why I went in there with the mind, the mindset of, like, this is going to be the best fight in my career, and I'm going to show everybody who I really am and what I'm about and show that I belong here and that this is this is my home. This yeah. is my stage, you know what I mean? So, when I did go in there... I was I was really calm. Everybody's been saying that. Matter of fact, my yeah, cousin, well. shout out to my cousin Jerry Madrid. Um, he's a part of my corner. Yeah. And he told me yesterday yeah. we were talking it over, and he was like, "Bro, you look so good." Like when he was like, "It was your mindset." Yeah. He was yeah, like, "Yeah, I, I kind of wanted to exactly talk about that." Like on your way to the ring, what was going through your mind? Um, as we were warming up in the back. And they were they call you, you know. So the fight that's going on in in the ring. Is going on, and then the guys tell you, "Hey, you're up next." Mm-hmm. So you start warming up, or you're stretching out, or you, you know, you're jumping around. Yeah. And I just kept looking at the ring, and as I was hitting the pads, I'm going the best fight of my career, spectacular fashion, you know. Because and and one thing that was is, um, I did affirmations for this fight, and I really liked it, and I did yeah. see the I I did see the benefit and the affirmations because you hear about it a lot, and it's like. There's a lot of woo-woo stuff with, like, you know, affirmations and yeah. all this, like, you know. Like, like mental spirituality. Yeah, kind of yeah, you know what I'm saying? And, like, I like it. I, I like it, but, I, you know, like, I feel like, you know, back and forth with it, like, as far as, like, yeah, this kind of, like, hippie stuff or, like, you know, that's, like, yeah. you Do know. I have to light a candle? <laughs> yeah, yeah, incense and sage and, like, you know, hum. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> but, like. It really helped me and like going over my affirmations just daily and saying them and saying them. Um, I believe that it was pounded in my, my brain so much that I had no time or no other room in my head to be able to think about anything other than what my affirmation was. And my affirmation to say it was, I believe it was, um, I Vincent Familiari. Or no, I'm sorry. It was November 5th, 2000 and... Damn, when was that fight? I want to say it was November 5th. Whatever it was, it was the date, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm forgetting now. Now, hold on. In November, it was November 5th. It was November. Okay, was November so November 5th, 2022, Ivan, or I'm sorry, no, two, 2021, Ivan and Familiari will put on the best fight of my career and defeat Gabriel Silva in spectacular fashion and be crowned the IKF Fighters Rep West Coast Champion. 
and I would wake up and say it. I'd go to sleep and say it. I'd that be, whole thing. I, yeah, yeah, I'd be driving and saving it. Matter of fact, before the fight on the fighters' rep page, when they did my my pre-interview to the fight, I said that they asked me. They go, so how do you feel knowing that you could be an ESPN highlight? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So yeah. I mean, I could have took it like. Uh, oh, they're talking about me being knocked out and being like a highlight on ESPN for for Silva. But what I had told him was, as I stopped and I, I looked at him and I go, yeah, I've thought about that. I was like, anything can happen. It's possible. I was like, but to be honest, like I already have it made up in my head what's going to happen. I go over my affirmation and everything. Yeah. I saw that interview. It was, it was it was good, man. You came off real clean and still humble at the same time. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I mean, I'm humble, you know, like I mean, to myself, like I, if you know me like personally like you know i go back and forth like i get all hyped i'm like yeah i'm the best like nobody can beat me yeah, yeah. or you know what i mean but like that's just like me hyping myself up you know what i'm saying because yeah. like you know you, your thoughts your for, your brain is gonna defeat you you know what for i'm sure, saying man. the mental the mm-hmm. mental battle for sure yeah yeah so you gotta really put it out there and you gotta say it and you gotta believe it and you gotta say it it has to be specific and mm-hmm. So, so getting back to the question that you asked me, what was going through my mind? I was just hitting the pads and going, all right, the best fight in my career. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm meant to be here. This is my time to shine, you know? And we walked in the ring and, um, as we walked in, you know, he came out, he's younger, you know, he's like 10 years younger than me. Yeah. He was a young guy. Yeah. He's, and you're 30. Yeah. He, I'm 34. 34. So he's 24. And, um, he walked in, he walked into Drake, you know, and then, yeah. And it was cool, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's cool. I mean, that's some young uh, shit. Can, yeah, can, yeah, yeah. Can, I mean, can we? Yeah, yeah. So we curse, right? So I fuck <laughs> yeah, with Drake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I fuck sure. with Drake. I mean, my right. new Drake came out in like my early 20s. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, he's still popping now. So it was like one of the new Drake songs, and he he came out dancing yeah. and shit to it. And then we came out, and. Uh, DMX came on and I didn't know DMX. Yeah, I couldn't hear the music. I wanted yeah. to ask what song was. That. I was like, yeah. I hear some fucking like dogs growling in the background mm-hmm. right now, but I couldn't make out who it was. Bro, so DMX comes on and mind you, DMX just passed. Rest in peace, DMX. Yeah, right? For sure. Shout out DMX. Rest in peace, DMX. So DMX just passed, and I remember being like sad, like because I grew up on DMX. Um, from the movie Belly to just like, you know, all his albums, like, you know, DMX is a man. You listen to DMX. I love to throw on some DMX and train. So I'm like, oh shit, like DMX came on. And then it was like a real slowish, like introduction. It goes, and it's like, they don't know who we be. They don't know. And then, like, he just starts going off, right? So as I'm walking hey, out, and Anderson, were you trying to get an Anderson's hand? Yeah, 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 I will walk out to DMX, hey, bro. My, <laughs> shout out to, shout out to my, my cornerman and my good friend, uh, Rusty Shackelford, um, a.k.a. Coach Philip Jesse, out of uh, the Shack system right here in Glendora. He walked out with us, and he requested it. And um, you know what I'm saying? So, like... As we were walking, I was getting ready to walk quick, but then I just started like going to the music. Uh, and I just kind of like started stopping with da-da, da-da, yeah. da-da. And then I was just seeing everybody and I was just like, all right, you know, 
I was like, we're here. Yeah. And we got in there and like it was high, bro. I could I could see the crowd was high. Yeah, Blitz Muay Thai, you know, shout out Blitz. They yeah, Coach Jason, yeah, shout yeah, out to Blitz Coach Muay Thai yeah. up at uh Covina, 10th Planet Covina. Yeah, man. 10 P Covina. Uh-huh. Um, you know, a lot of those guys I would like to have on this podcast. And uh, you know, again, man, I appreciate you coming through. And um, you know, shout out your whole corner, man. I know those guys. They were emotional when I saw you actually win, man. Yeah, bro. Yeah. I mean, it was a big win for us. It was, you huge. know, it was a, it was a big win for us. Um, because I wanted to, so, so that was the IKF title. And, um, you know, I fell short of the IKF title, uh, in 2019. Okay. So, um, for the people that don't know, I'm a, I'm a three time, um, or you could say four, like four time, uh, Muay Thai and kickboxing champion. And, um, I attacked, uh, the Southern California organizations first. So when you get an organization title, it's a promotion title. Okay. So it could be like, you know, Kirkland fight, fight promotion. You get what I'm saying? Okay. And they have a title. Ah, okay. and, and, and then there could be like, Cannon fight promotion and they have their own title. Uh-huh. So, you know, I was a, a champion of you're in um, one and then you're trying to get another. Yeah, exactly. So so I became champion of the international fight showdown over in um Anaheim, uh with Master Sean, uh the IFS, which is a well known organization. Uh-huh. Okay, a well known promotion. Like if you if you fight in Southern California, you fight there, you're champion, it means something. You know, you're going to go on. And then um, the following year, I fought at USK, uh, USKO promotion, and I won the title there. But they were both promotional titles. And then what they have is the Fight Commission title. So the Fight Commission title is under IKF. So IKF stands for the International Kickboxing Federation. It's basically like the California State Athletic Commission. For that runs all, yeah, you know, so, so the, the, the athletic commission runs every promotion has to go through California State Athletic Commission. So, so the IKF, the same thing. IKF, they're worldwide. Um, but you know, they, you, if you're going to have a promotion, you have to get it, you know, or it's one of the ones to get, you like, they have to run. You're, um, put it down in the books and other stuff like that. I don't really know how to say it right now, but, um, IKF has their own promotional titles. Okay. So IKF is considered professional. They have professional. Okay. But, but if you get an IKF title as an amateur, cause that was, that was my last amateur fight. As a matter of fact, and I was um, going to kind of ask you about that. Like, how does the whole amateur to pro-am work? And, and uh, mm, you know, is there, like, a system you follow? Like, yeah. you're saying is your last amateur fight. Like, I'm assuming you have, like, two or three before you go pro. Yeah, well, not. I mean, it depends. I don't really know how many you can have before you go pro, to be honest. Uh-huh. So, before the fight commission um, really came in, like the IKF, um, a lot of guys, like, you know, like... Uh, in the early 2000s, even 90s, right? Early 2000s, um, they had kind of no ch- no choice but to go pro because there were no amateur promotions oh, okay. that that were offering, you know, like fights and other things like that. So a lot of those people that went pro, they went pro, but they weren't the best pro fights. Mm-hmm. They weren't that skilled. 
they didn't have time to really hone their skills and 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 get up there. You know what I mean? But after like uh, mid two thousands, when the IKF came in and started running things and sanctioning things, there you go, sanctioning and being a sanctioning body for combat sports and kickboxing and Muay Thai. So they're kind of everything's going through them, kind of. Mm-hmm, exactly, um, because they keep everything on the books, okay. and you know they're That's keeping records. Yeah, going they're keeping on. records and stuff okay. like that. So they're a sanctioning body. So, um, so that's a huge fight. So yeah. That's a huge promotion, IKF. Well, well, yeah, because they're the sanctioning body. The title is a huge promote, uh, a huge thing. Yeah. So, so, um, what they did was is like as you came up through them. I don't know how many fights you need before you go pro, but I've seen guys go pro, and they weren't that skilled. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of like you know they had a hard pro career, like they were getting their ass kicked. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're getting smoked. Their uh-huh. pro career is kind of trash, and then mm-hmm. they're done. Yeah. You know, so the IKF and, and stuff was good for the amateurs because it really gave you time yeah, to like grow. A rank, rank system kind mm-hmm. of thing. Exactly. Yeah. So it really gave you time to grow that. in to being, you know, beginner to, you know, high-level amateur, like right. how the last fight that I fought – and then now I'm going pro. My next fight, I'm going my uh, my pro debut. It'll be pro debut. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So, um, but that IKF title, I fell short twice in in 2019. So this IKF title in 2021, it was a big deal when when we got the win because it was like I kept holding back. And I was like, no, I want an IKF title. Like I need an IKF title, like to show that. I'm ready and I've I've conquered everything there is to conquer an amateur yeah. and high level amateur and I'm ready to go pro. Feel like the step is ready. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like sure. almost like a graduation, you know? Yeah. And um and that's why it was emotional too, you know? So yeah, it's pretty it bad. I can see those guys. They were welling up as soon as you're, you're getting asked your little victory questions, man. I can see your guys there. Yeah, like, bro. Yeah. Know, kind of swelling up with tears. It was cool to see, man. You had a lot of passion in your voice, just like the the fight. I mean, we'll tell everybody it was a first round knockout, man. It was yeah. fucking, it was amazing, bro. Um, and so maybe we'll kind of like get back into that because you're two weeks out right now. Um, yeah, as so, matter of fact, yeah, man, two weeks <laughs> out, bro. You got a fucking another fight coming up, bro. Um, but you know, just to kind of you know give homage to the to the pod, you know, it's nothing to something. Um, you know, maybe you can kind of tell people, you know, where were you at before um, kickboxing or before martial arts? You know, even got in your life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of people are are like lifetime martial artists. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. That's and just before you even start, I know you're gonna kind of get into something, but you know, a huge respect to people who actually do, you know, a huge commitment to martial arts because you know a lot of people are lifelong martial artists, and there's not a lot of respect being given to those people that actually commit to themselves and learning that discipline. So much respect to you, bro um but please continue yeah no i appreciate it thank you thank you by the way um yeah i uh to be honest um so i want to say like 2010 um was the first time i ever even hit mitts and and did boxing and like kickboxing Mm -hmm. um and i was like i want to say i was like 22 23 Maybe it was like twenty one. I can't. I can't remember. I, you know, we were almost the same age. So I think two thousand ten. I was like uh, nineteen twenty. Mm-hmm. Right exactly. So I was like, I was like twenty one, twenty two, yeah. um, and I had my buddy who's now 
my my right hand man, like my I I call him my coach, right? Mm-hmm. My my corner man, my best friend, my brother from another mother, yeah. my unbiological twin, Steve De La Paz. <laughs> Shout out to my boy Steve. Um, is he always in your training videos? Is that your yeah, yeah, that's experience? my boy. Yeah, yeah always yeah. in my training videos. Yeah. Um, so how me and Steve know each other is through high school. And we used to kick it in high school because we were both underground hip-hop kids. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, you know, we're like, uh, so low-key, like, we, 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 we spit bars. Uh-huh. Like, we were rap. We rap, and then like we'd always kick it, you know. We'd yeah. come, we'd kind of chill, you know. Yeah. what I'm saying that goes on in the ciphers, and then you know we would kick it. So I always kept in touch with Steve, and um, as we got older, we were, we were like right when like MySpace music popped off, and like Facebook music, and like I think even like almost before SoundCloud, I can't remember. It was like Bandcamp, SoundCloud, like <laughs> YouTube just started popping. Napster. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, they were like making music, and I had I had went out like I just had a baby. I was in the union as a as a union iron worker, uh, doing rebar. And, um, I came back around, like, as my kid was like about two and they were doing music and it was good. Like they were really doing good for themselves. They were, they were recording themselves, learning how to engineer themselves. And like, I mean, I won't, I I like, I know everybody raps now, but like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? But back then, like you had to have bars, bro. You, you had to be nice. Like you couldn't step. Like when we would be ciphering and be big ciphers, like the eight mile or whatever. If you were spinning whack, bro, some dude would step right in and like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and just go right (laughs) over you. So when you stepped in, you had to be correct. So like, you know, we're really influenced by like Wu-Tang, Jedi Mind Tricks, um, uh, like nonfiction, like a lot of like hardcore, like you know, raw, raw hip hop, like DMX, yeah. all that, you know. Yeah. So, um, so we were, we, we, they were rapping. They took me to some radio show interview and we started rapping. And then I was like, oh, it's on, like, let's do this, like, let's rap, like, cause I love rap, bro. That was yeah. like the only thing I did besides now martial arts. Okay. Yeah, yeah, to be honest. And um we're doing music, we're doing tracks, we're doing shows, we're opening up for people. But like just uh, freestyle shit or you yeah, actually were writing. No, we actually we actually were writing. writing. We got Practicing. signed. Yeah, we got like signed by like uh BMI, like which was some like, you know, like so we can get paid royalties and our music get shipped out and all that. Oh, shit. And like we love to rap, bro. Like yeah, it was yeah. and back then like rap was real competitive. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. Had to have a CD or something on the radio. Yeah, bro. And like, you know, we were like, oh, like our set's hotter than their set. Or yo, like we spit way harder than those fools. Yeah. Like, all right, let's, let's go, let's go bar for bar. Let's let's battle. You yeah. know what I mean? And like, you, you know, straight cipher battles at your show. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> cipher battles and just like and set battles. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like verses. Like ba- battle it was, the band type shit. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. like that. If people know, uh, like, like to relate it to today is like verses. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The verses battles. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. verses battles and just. Yeah. Every day kind of thing. Yeah, bro. So um so we were out there and it was a nightlife scene. Yeah. 
So it, it didn't last long for me because like it was hard for me to be like, oh, yo, I'm, I'm this fucking white Mexican rapper out of, you know, Covina. I did, I just didn't feel right. Like, you know, like trying you to push to it that hard style and, or- and blow up. I mean, I was hard like I was uh, I was I was bouty and I like I like going out there where we're opening up at like the airliner downtown L.A., Long Beach, like here and there. You know what I'm saying? Local. But like it's a night scene. Plus, it's like hip pop kids so you got like tagging tag banging ganger gang stuff like it's all merged in and then we get wild because of the nightlife scene and then you know sometimes fools would be battling or whatever you'd be getting like on each other and then fights would break out right yeah you know what i mean and then right around that time ufc just came out too so ufc came out and like training and like we're like I, i was a big fan of pro wrestling you know what I'm yeah, saying? I yeah. love pro wrestling, pro wrestling, bro. Fuck, nineties, two thousand, bro. Steve Austin, right? Man. Attitude Era. Who's your favorite, bro? Who? who give me some guys. Oh, I know bro. it's hard to pick some one. Steve but, Austin, right? And some fucking NWO. Damn. Um, Wolfpack. Fuck, yeah, the Wolfpack. Fucking Degeneration X. Woo! Oh, suck man. it. Yeah, for real. Yeah, bro. Bro. Suck it was huge, bro. Shawn Michaels and DGX, bro. Oh, my God. Yeah, bro. That was fucking right. Shit, it, it's crazy because if you're, like, in your 30s, you definitely, and you watch pro wrestling, you're a kid walking around telling everybody to suck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and China was probably, like, the first porno you looked at. Like, oh, China was in Playboy. Damn. <laughs> oh, shit. China, bro. RIP China, too. Damn. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. So I was a big fan of, you know, pro wrestling. And then, like, MMA came along. And it was like, yo, what the fuck is this? And then it was like, it was like that Forrest Griffin, Stephen Bonner fight. It came out on Spike, you know, t- TV. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember. That was like season one, Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. yeah. So that fight, that fight blew MMA up. Yeah, for sure. And I remember for watching sure. it and going like, yo. Spike what? TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, what the Spike TV was hot. Yeah, they yeah. had a lot of shit going yeah. on, man. They're yeah. Talking- some shit with like girls in fucking uh, bikinis. They had uh, those man shows that were going for. Yeah, a while. the man show. Um, oh man, I forget. It was a good uh, station, you know. Yeah. UFC was probably fucking. I think they said UFC was actually going broke at that time. They were on Spike TV. They yeah. just needed somebody to put that shit on TV, mm-hmm. which is crazy. One season could just blow it up like that. Fucking they said, blew up. They said season one of Ultimate Fighter was what did blow it up. That was it, bro. And the fight was Stephen Bonner yeah. and uh, Forrest Griffin. So you watch that on TV, like as yeah. Well, so so you we watch it, and I remember just like thinking like, yo, like this shit is dope. Yeah. And going like, you know, as I'm getting in my 20s, like we grew out of wrestling. Like once like Stone Cold and them stopped wrestling and yeah, all that yeah, shit, you exactly. stop watching Thursday Night Smackdown and all yeah, that shit. Yeah, exactly. When The you Rock know, didn't make his interest anymore, you're like, man, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah, yeah, that was it, bro. We weren't watching that shit. So then you have seen the millions in millions that's it bro like i don't know if there is any better type of television that had you yelling at the tv like to go along with it bro bro. that shit was hot intros like yes fucking like uh who kurt angle walk out and everybody's as you're on the couch like you suck yeah like fucking chanting or whatever 
Oh, man. Stone Cold, Stone give Cold. me a hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. I wasn't able to drink. I wasn't drinking at the time. Steve Austin was like really in his prime cracking beers at the end of that shit. But if I was in my 20s, bro, I'd be cracking beers at the end of this fucking match too, bro. Right? Sure. I know my dad's was or like the homies' dads and shit. We used to go over and watch it at my buddy Ernie's house all the time. And their dad watched that shit with us. Hell yeah. And bro. fucking he loved it and we loved it. But yeah, um, so when UFC came, we were like, I was like, yo, this is it. Like... This is exactly what we've been looking for the whole time. You know what I mean? And I was like, I like this shit. I want to do some shit like this. And then, of course, being inspired. Like, I grew up in the eight. Like, you know, I was born in 87. So, growing up in the early 90s. So, like, who was the action stars? You had Chuck Norris, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, Bruce Lee movies, uh, Jackie Chan. Right. Oh, yeah. Jackie Chan, Jet Li. You had... You had uh, Rocky Balboa, which was Sylvester Stallone. So, like, all that shit inspired you from being a kid, you know? Power Rangers, first grade, bro. I was fucking throwing spinning back kicks. I never did no shit, but you know what I mean? Like, plus pro wrestling. So, like, once MMA came along, I was like, damn, this is it. And then um, my buddy, Steve, he started training. And then, like, I I guess he was going um, out to Redlands. He found uh, a thing called um, the Wednesday Night Group, which is Jeet Kune Do. And Jeet Kune Do is Bruce Lee's martial art. And he found some guys that were, like, original, like, Bruce Lee students that were teaching, like, out of the garage, which is a legendary uh, martial arts coach, uh, Tim Tackett. And then... uh, This um, is 2010? Yeah, this is, like, 2010, right? So I'm telling him, like, I would always hit him up, like, yo, what's going on? Where you been at? Like, let's freestyle. Let's rap. Let's let's get ready. Let's go to this show. Let's go to that show. And he's like, oh, I'm training. I'm training. And I'm, like, thinking, I'm like, you're training? Like, what do you mean? Like, and uh, yo, let's get, I've been training. I'm training. I'm busy. And then I'm like, what do you mean you're training? And then finally like, yo, let's kick it. And he's like, I'm training. I'm like, yo, dog, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, about your training, but I'll still whip your ass. Like, we need to kick it already, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know? And at that time, like I did lift weights. Like I started lifting weights in like seven, uh, 17. So I never played any sports or anything. I was a knucklehead. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. it, it was like, I can relate. Yeah, just chill. You know what I'm saying? Weed. Yeah, smoking weed, drinking. I mean, fuck, bro. When we grew up, at least in your 30s, you were going to flyer parties <laughs> every weekend, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Kangers. party with right? like, some random phone number on your Nokia mm-hmm. flip phone. You're like, fuck. Mm-hmm. It says it's fucking 20 miles away, bro. Yeah. I mean, we could go. It might yeah. work, you know? Hell yeah. <laughs> like, fuck, if, you're, if you're from Covina or like this area, San Gabriel Valley, like eight five six play was the shit you called eight five six play and they'd be like yo hey it's going down uh you're gonna be right here on alasta one five six three bucks at the door nas balloons and kegger you know what i mean and like you I, did, I didn't grow up here but yeah I mean, nah, yeah, 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 yeah so that sure, was yeah, the, yeah. that was the one bro yeah, like you called yeah. it every friday and it would give you they always yeah, had yeah, a party a mandatory bar, underground shit yeah. yeah yeah so it was backyard parties backyard boogies Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Shit always cracked off in backyard oh, boogies. Yeah. Those are you know the best types. Yeah, yeah. So, so I was already used to getting it on, like, like throwing down or whatever. But f- oh, yeah, yeah, street sure. fighting is 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 not the same as ring fighting. We'll get into that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But like, I'd be like, yeah, like you know, like, and then also I grew up so. I'm Mex-Italian, my dad's Mexican, my mom, or I'm sorry, my mom's Mexican, my dad's Italian, and like, my dad just, you're a product of your environment, my dad just 
moved us in all these Hispanic, you know, neighborhoods in San Gabriel Valley and throughout Southern California. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I was the white boy. You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, there's some homies are cool with me, but some wanted to, you know, pick on me and be whatever. And like, I had to learn how to stick up for myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I like as I got into high school and everything else, I was already just like used to being like, "Hey, I'm not afraid to fight." Like if we like if we get a fight, like I'll get down. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to because you know you never yeah, who wanted wants to do that. Who wants yeah, to get you, kicked out of high school. I mean, some like some guys I knew they wanted to fight. They wanted to be tough guys. But I was always like, if I could dodge a fight, I'd dodge a fight. You know what I mean? It's better to walk away from a fight than than anything. You know, like you I, always had that kind of mentality with fighting. Like I mean, I mean like I, I every fight i've been in in the street i've always been like almost tag team mm. you know what i'm saying or jump because yeah. like people don't fight fair in the street right i've and i've always had the mentality like hey i'll fight like let's throw hands and whatever like if you win we'll shake hands right. we'll walk away or if you beat my ass hey dog you beat my ass yeah. whatever so men to watch shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna take off my police fucking belt right now we'll get down you know yeah exactly so so you know like um I never wanted to hurt nobody, but people pull weapons. I've been hit with weapons and like you know chased down. Like people pull guns on me and want, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. it's crazy doing all that. So you know I was careful too. Like I always knew, like oh shit, like you know, yeah, something's gonna go down here for sure, mm-hmm. and I better watch how Feeling I tread. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Or like something's gonna go down here. I need an exit. Or you know what? Those guys don't look like they really want me here. You know what I mean? And but but like you know, it's inevitable. Like if people want problems with you, they're gonna make problems with you. It doesn't matter who you are, if they know you, whatever. So I was already used to all that. But when we go to the the parties, then we go to the shows. It 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 transferred in the shows later, right? In the nightlife scene and fights or break out. Steve started training. Your personality too, bro. You gotta fucking yeah, (laughs) yeah. Like to be a little kind of attention getter sometimes. Yeah, nah, yeah, exactly. And then you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hone down my shine really too much. But I also know too. I also I know how to play the room. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. I know. So I know, like, uh, you know, I belong here. I don't belong here right now. I'm going to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, Steve started training. And finally, I was like, yo, bro, like, let's kick it. So he goes, cool. I got to train. Come over. He goes, hey, can you hold the mitts? Okay. And I was like, uh, I guess. And, yeah. and he goes, look, this is how you hold the mitts. And what he showed me was what he was learning mm-hmm. in the classes he was going to. Yeah. So he goes, just hold for me here, here, and there. So I held for him, and he goes, now it's your turn. And then I hit the mitts, and boom, I fucking was so high mm-hmm. on that workout. And, and, and the way I felt, and I was like, yo, I love this shit. Oh, yeah. So then I was always hitting them up like, yo, let's rap. Yo, let's train. You know what I mean? Let's do both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And then like, as we were training and doing all that and going to the shows and doing all that, like, you know, I was just like, he was like, yeah, I've been training, you know, just in case some shit pops off at the shows, we'll be ready. Uh-huh. And I'm like, shit, I wish a motherfucker will pop some shit off at the shows, you know? Like, come on, dog. I ain't worried about that shit. Yeah, we ready. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But like, I told him, I was like, you know what would be dope as if we actually, um, are rappers that really do what they rap about, you know, cause you get the rappers like I've been trapping and I'm doing this and that, or I'm killing fools right, or like right. whatever. And you know, they ain't doing that shit, right. but I'm like, you know, our style, the way we rap too was like aggressive, like Wu Tang and like yeah. ninja style. And I always talk about, Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just hype music, real rowdy, rah, rah, yeah. shit, you know? Oh, yeah. So, um, I was like, it'd be dope 
if we started training and started competing and then came out like, you know, with making our own rap songs to walk out to oh, and man. coming out to like our own fight clips when we're doing yeah. shows, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was like, we should attack the market that way because even though we were good, you still couldn't get on unless you were a dick rider, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes like I'd be like, yo, like why are these fools not putting this on on the show? Like our shit's nice. You know what yeah. I mean? And it was cause they didn't want you. They didn't want you to get shined. You know what I'm saying? Because it was a threat to their set. Or it was a threat to like their promotion and their homies that they were putting on the set. I so you. I was like, yo, like if we come out to our own shit, bro, they can't deny us. Mm-hmm. And then that became like the little gimmick or like thing that I had in my head that we'll start doing. So we started training and then it just so happened that like in 2011, this local gym in La Puente called Flores Muay Thai popped up because there wasn't a Muay Thai or MMA gym on every corner like now. Mm. Back yeah, yeah, a you lot know, more now for sure. Yeah, not back then. Nah, back then there wasn't, bro. There was only like red fucking dragon karate. Yeah, you know, oh, I didn't grow up here, but like in my, even in my teen years, like trying to find an MMA gym, it was or you know a Muay Thai boxing, like an actual disciplined Muay Thai boxing gym, like almost unheard of. There was only a couple in my area. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And like the only well, the only option really that there was for mine was like a red dragon karate or like boxing. Boxing YMCA or boxing at um, Baldwin Park, like, rec center. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Or Azusa or Duarte rec center. You know? Gotcha. It, it, it wasn't easy to do. And I'm like, where did we find this MMA shit? Yeah. You know? So he was going all the way to Redlands to learn that stuff. From and, over here. Mm-hmm. That's far. And then he would bring it back and we would train. Uh-huh. And it was just me, him. And one of our good friends, and we we were all trained. But the thing with Jeet Kune Do is it's it's strong side forward. So if you're right handed, just like wrestlers, if you're familiar with wrestling, um, they wrestle with their right hand in front of them. They're strong side forward. Mm-hmm. So it was like three of us were all training Jeet Kune Do and doing what he's bringing back and showing us. And then eventually he started taking us to a couple classes and stuff they're offering. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we were trained, but we were all southpaws because we all were were right hand strong, you know, right hand dominant. I got you. So we were all strong side forward. So then, like, uh, we we all were always trained in the garage, and we trained at the park, oh. and we were self trained. You know what I'm saying? And we had to learn because how to- no one's doing the judo. Yeah. No one's really doing that. Nobody's doing the Jeet Kune Do. Plus, I don't even think we could really afford a fucking gym membership if there was one. And you know what I mean? It was just like, it was like, whatever. Like, we're doing the best we can. Yeah. Trying to mimic shit. I mean, I think YouTube just barely came out, but there wasn't really shit on YouTube either. Mm-hmm. You know, you had a Not even like shit to learn from. It mm-hmm. was just like people with fucking decapitated heads or like, you know, some random, you know, shit like that. Yeah, know? yeah. It was barely popping off. And then like, we'd have to order DVDs, you know yeah. what I mean? And there wasn't even really places to order DVDs. Like, yeah. you know, the internet was still slow too and shit. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Isn't that crazy now though? Yeah, like, bro. Everything's at your fucking fingertips right That's now. That's it, bro. You know? I'm going on my phone, do my yeah. own. Yeah, you can get anything. Thing. yeah and in a matter of 10 to 12 years or 15 but yeah so um we would train and then this gym popped up 
in La Puente, and they were known, like uh, at least you know, like some good fighters. Yeah, yeah. the The coach was good, Alan Flores, and his uh, his brother Mark, and they had experience from like the early nineties, like wherever they trained at a Thai boxing gym or whatever. Like they had some titles, they had some experience, okay. you know, like they were good fighters. So um, it was like the place to go. So they were putting on fights mm-hmm. at the gym. They were gym fights, but they were smokers as well. So they're considered illegal. Why? Because they're not sanctioned. Mm -hmm. But they were the same fights and style that the sanctioned fights are now. You know what I mean? But fucking, you know. Do it in your underground way to charge your own money at the door. Exactly. And then, and then, you know, and then here, like, fight body commissions aren't getting their money. They're going to come and shut you down. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And fine you and fucking do all this shit. But that that place would throw on fights here and there. And and it was like when Facebook was going on. So, you know, fight gym started popping up from like Van Nuys or Orange County or San Fernando Valley, stuff like that. And then they would message these guys and be like, hey, like we're throwing on fights. Like, why don't you... Uh, compete if you got some guys that you want to throw in they can come and fight mm. so they pair people up so we went and watched the fight i never forget it was like 2011 we went to um the Flores muay thai gym in la puente and we watched the fights and i was like okay like this is what fights look like you know they had headgear and shin guards and like gloves and you know the fights were paired and there was this dude um there was this dude named Chato, and the whole fucking gym was going crazy for him, bro. <laughs> Chato. They, yeah, Chato. He was from Van Nuys at Six in Muay Thai under under Julio Trana, who's who's a really fucking good, legit coach. Plus, he had experience from a real Thai boxing teacher when he okay. was fighting, like, at the age of 10 and shit. Oh, okay. So he brought this guy in, and the guy, like, he was beating up on the other guy, and everybody's going crazy, and I'm sitting there, and I'm watching, and I'm like, I'm like, I'll fucking fight Chato. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there was this other guy, like it was an MMA fight. It was like the caveman. And then my buddy was like, like, I'll fucking fight that guy too. Right? (laughs) We're we're just sitting in the crowd and shit. Right? Typical fucking crowd guys. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know? Fucking typical. Fuck him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll fucking get him, bro. I wish I could fight him. But it just so happened six months later... They were offering fights again. And about two months before that, my buddy Milk, um, he did a grappling tournament. Okay. And they had his number through the grappling tournament. And then he was practicing like a little bit of grappling through some guy that was training under Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. And he was learning about Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. And he was working as like a bike messenger in L.A. So that guy like probably went to the legit spot in Torrance. Mm -hmm. So he competed in their little backyard like grappling tournament. And there was a lot of martial arts schools that came from around the area to compete. And he did pretty good. So when they called Milk, they called him and they were like, hey, do you want to fight in Muay Thai like you did pretty good in your jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. and then we're, we were training me, Milk, and my boy Steve De La Paz and he brought it up and then I was like so what are you going to do bro are you going to fight or what yeah. and then he was like uh, yeah maybe I, I don't think so though I'm not going to take it and I was like well, fuck it I'm like bro we've, we've been training like six months like yeah. a year or whatever I was like Fucking sign me up, bro. Let's see what I what we could do. Yeah, you yeah. know. And um, they were throwing the fight, so we showed up, and then they pair you up as you show. And who'd I get paired up against? Chato. Chato. Damn. <laughs> 
And uh, this is this is the start of everything. And it's so funny <laughs> because I was talking to my boy Steve today as we were sitting in the parking lot warming up, getting ready for a session today. And I was like, fucking, that fight started at all, bro. I was like, that fight started at all. So I've never been in the ring. I've never seen a guy in a Muay Thai stance. I've never sparred somebody that wasn't Southpaw because the only two dudes I was sparring were Steve and Milk, which were Southpaws because we all trained Jeet Kune Do in his strong side forward. You get so what I mean? At the Allen Flores gym in La Puente, you never took a class or like trained there. You were just watching fights. Yeah, I just uh, been there for a fight, and then we went back a second time because they offered fights. I got you. So we went and like we weighed in, and then they were like, "All right, like we got an opponent for you." And they're like, "This is a Dan. His name was a Dan." Um, and they're you know you shook hands. Hey, how you yeah, doing? Yeah. And then um, they're like, "We're gonna pair you guys up." And I was like, 220 pounds." But he was more of a natural 220 pounds. And I was more of like a fat fuck 220 pounds. Like a big one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I used to say I was like fat buff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because I was thick. You can tell those guys have muscle under it. Yeah, yeah. The motherfucker got big ass legs, bro. Yeah. Big old legs, big old back. You know what I'm saying? And I'm thinking we're the same size, you know? But nah, not, <laughs> not the when same. You get in there? I mean. Nah, 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 like that definitely wasn't my size. It was probably more closer to his natural size and fight weight because there's different categories in your size and where you're going to be for fighting. Gotcha. You know, and I'll get into that. Um, but they paired us up and I remember we we're sitting there and then, um, as I started getting into training, I used to run like I run now, and I was running in a great, you know, I was inspired by Rocky, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Dude, I was going to, like, eventually mention that. It had to have been some uh, Rocky inspiration with the Mex Italian. Yeah. Come on, bro. Italian, Come on, you know, right? Bro, come on. You're running fucking 10, 15 miles every yeah, fucking, exactly. fucking day now. Exactly. Every day, bro. I fucking, you need a fucking uh, group of kids to walk behind you or, like, fucking run I fucking behind you. I can't wait, bro. I can't wait to do that. <laughs> you fucking run through Covina. And you need fucking, to fucking do that. Kids just start riding their bikes That's behind it, you. That's it, bro. That's it. Hey, hey. We're going to redo that. Shit. We're going to redo that. You're going to be there. You're going to be there on a bike, bro. Hey, tell Fighter Ref you want the fucking promo video Let's. of the kids but running behind you. That's cool, bro. you do your fucking miles. I need it, bro. I need all the kids there, bro. Right? <laughs> I need everybody there. Everybody from the city. Just all the locals, yeah. all the homies. All the homies, yeah. Fuck it, yeah. You know, just everybody. But yeah, um, so we were there and they're like, Well, what's your fight name? And it and, and this is how I got my fight name, right? So like I always like things that roll off the tongue. And um I remember Naturally for yeah, Naturally. Na- exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um I remember like when my buddies would see me running around the city, they'd be like, Hey fool, like what's up with you? You're all like, Yeah, I see you running, like you look like Rocky fool, like you're all MMA'd out now or what? Yeah. And I was like yeah, like, yeah, I am. And I'm like, and you know, it's just being funny, being silly, being me. And I'm like, I am like Rocky, but I'm like, but instead of the Italian stallion, I'm the Mex Italian stallion. Yeah. And then they were like, ah, I like that. And then I was repping my mom because my mom's Mexican and then my dad's Italian. And as I grew up, I always grew up like, right, I would have to tell people, they'd be like, what are you? Because you weren't sure, you know, people look at me and be like, are you Mexican? Are you white? What the fuck are you? Yeah, always in hey, the hood. Always yeah, you get what I'm saying? Tacos. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, I'm just a product of my environment. I'm a little white boy there. They're like, is he, is he like a little fucking Canelo or what? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so um, I would always have to tell people, oh, I'm Mexican and I'm Italian. And I'm Mexican and I'm Italian. And I'm Mexican and I'm Italian. And then one day it was just like, Mex-Italian, Mex-Italian. I was like, oh, I'm Mex-Italian. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? There. Ever since it was boom. Boom. So I would just like and and then people, you know, I just introduced myself. They'd be like, Oh, what are you? I'd be like, I'm Mex Italian. And they'd be like, What the fuck's that? And I'd be like, I'm Mexican and Italian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what what the fuck? Mean? You can't get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then like, you know, and then what comes after Italian, just like Rocky, Stallion. So then I said Mex Italian Stallion. And then when they asked me our fight name, I was like, everybody has like the Pitbull or the Punisher or the Assassin. And I was like, yo, I need something to fit my fucking style, like my style, who I am. I was like, I'm the Mex Italian Stallion. And they're like, the Mex Italian, what? They're like, what the fuck? Who the fuck is that? Because anybody who takes Stallion and their fucking like fight name, they're like, oh, this fool better have something behind him. You know yeah. what I mean? They're like, ah, oh, you Rocky wannabe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, they put down, they introduce me and my opponent. They get my fight name, and I'm like, fuck it, we're going in. And like, I never been in the ring. Like I said, I never seen somebody in a traditional Muay Thai stance. Um, I never really sparred anybody that's an orthodox fighter. And um, I, I borrowed the headgear. I like, I think I, I borrowed the fucking cup. I borrowed fucking the shorts and the, the, I think my cousin Jerry, he was doing pretty good at the time. And when I told him I was getting into kickboxing MMA, he was like, you need anything? I was like, can you buy me these, these shin guards? Uh-huh. And he bought me these shin guards. And, um, I went in there in the ring, bro. And, uh, we touched gloves and boom, it, it, it went down. And then like we were squaring up and I, I hit him, bro. And I stung him. I stung him. I rocked him and I didn't know no better because I've never knew, like, hey, when you hurt somebody, you stay on him. You go to finish him. You know what I'm saying? So I hit him, bam, and I like rocked him, and then I just like I'm just bouncing back and forth like fucking Bruce Lee and shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Well, then the dude came in, bro, and he hit me with the technique called the step knee. So he stepped through with one leg and carried the knee through, boom, and he hit me in the liver. And I'll never forget. I've never been hit in the liver like that. And fuck, bro, that shit fucked me up. I mean, I wanted to fucking yeah. hurl. And I never forget, I wanted to quit. Like, and I was right there. And like the whole fucking, like I said, he was a, he's the gym favorite. Yeah, he had yeah. a big following. And they're going crazy. Like every, every time he'd throw a punch, whether it rocked me or not or whatever. Chato, Chato, Chato. They're yelling. Yeah. So, um, so I remember being hurt, bro, and then, like, they put us back together, and I was just trying to survive the round, and I survived the round, and then I remember I came out the second round, and I went in, and he, like, got me a little bit, flurried me, whatever, and I made it to the third round, and I was just tired, bro, like, my cardio, you know what I'm saying? I didn't understand what type of fight cardio there is in the ring, and after you get hit and hit to the body and liver, and... um they kind of just like stopped the fight to give it to him, like, cause this whole crowd, and you know what I'm saying? And, you know, like, uh, everybody went nuts, you know what I'm saying? And I remember going, fuck, I don't really like that I lost that fight like that. And I want a rematch. So ever since then, I started training, and my whole goal was to get a rematch with him. And then the fight promotion, you good? Is that good? Yeah, the camera, I think, uh, turned off automatically. I've been kind of wondering, though, because there's like a... An auto setting that I'm not figuring out of why it goes like that. So... We're just going to start the recording again. But, yeah. I mean, audio is good. But. Yeah, no problem. Um, 
So yeah, anyways, I lost and it just left a bad taste in my mouth. And then at that time, they had this this place called OTM Fight Shop, which is on the mat fight shop. Mm-hmm. That was like the first ever like fucking fight shop where you could go and buy buy like MMA shit. Okay, yeah. And you could buy like the MMA instructionals, the DVDs, oh, the shit. books, okay. the rash guards, all that. Geese for jiu-jitsu training pads and shit you know what i mean yeah an actual fight store yeah and it was right there in west covina so gyms would come from around the area and they leave flyers oh okay right and go hey we're putting on a fight if you want to join so i found another flyer and it was for a fight in pasadena and i was like fuck it i want to fight again you know what i mean i need more experience so i never forget i went down there i took the bus with my bag i took the bus (laughs) fucking I got off over there in Pasadena, showed up. They were like, are you here to fight? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, where's your corner at? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm hoping one of my friends comes. Yeah, yeah. And then um, they were like, all right, we're going to find you an opponent. We're going to, what are you weighing? And I think at that time, instead of 220, like I was, I think I might have made like 200 or like 190. Okay. Like around Cutting there. down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And then I fought this dude. But it, how, how far in between? Like what, a couple weeks, couple months? Nah, it was like a couple months, you yeah. know. Actually, after that fight, bro, I want to say I tore my rotator cuff bracing for the fall. Oh, shit. And then he fucking cracked me in the rib or whatever, and I want to say I, I fractured my rib. rib. Never went to the hospital, but mm-hmm. I, I, I remember, like, the you know, it was hard to breathing yeah. and everything else. So, like, you know, I had, to, I had to get myself together back again, but I joined that one and went, and I did okay. I did a lot better. Mm-hmm. I did a lot better, but there was no, like, uh, clinching the knees allowed or something like that. But was it still just you and Steve? Uh, yeah, just... was Steve didn't make that one, but my boy Milk did. And his name's Steve as well, but I call him Milk. Oh, <laughs> so he came down, and he uh, cornered me, and we did good. And yeah. it gave me a little medal and shit. But that's still, at that time, you're not in a gym. You're not, no. You're not. It's just self-trained. Okay. And I fought a guy that was trained out of that gym with the coach and, and everything else. Yeah, yeah. That gym was in Pasadena. It's called Fightworks, and it was uh, it was behind actually the pro boxing business. They they had like a extra like garage, mm-hmm. and they put a ring in there, and like it was like their bag and display room. Sick. And then they let a guy rent space and teach out of there. So you know he had a legit coach to do that fought. Mm-hmm. And he was tough, and he was good, and we went all three rounds. And then, you know, it was supposed to be an exhibition match. With the exhibition, you're not supposed to knock each other out or go hard. But once you fucking punch somebody in the face, that's it, bro. You're going at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we weren't. Imagine, like, yeah. Who the fuck like, remembers the rule? Oh, don't knock him out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and then, you know, you got people screaming in the crowd and shit. So yeah. we did good, Um, you know, but I felt like I won. Uh-huh. So then, again, like two months later, Flores was having another one. Uh-huh. And then and did was, you take everything like constructive criticism kind of thing? Like, are you recording your fight at that point? Are you just yeah, yeah, in? yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was recording it and like I did okay, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? And kind of watching. And then um, Flores had another one, and I was like, yo, I want to fight at Flores again. Mm. I want a rematch. I was hoping I was going to get to fight Chato. Mm. You know what I mean? And then they paired me up with some other dude. And I, I, I still think I was like 200 pounds. Mm. And the fucking guy was huge, bro. He must have been like 6'4, six, 6'5. Six, six, you know what I'm saying? I'm 5'9". Yeah, yeah. You know? And they paired us up, and it sucked because before the fight, I wanted to fight kickboxing rules and not Muay Thai rules. So there's there's different rules yeah. for Muay Thai, and there's different rules for kickboxing. 
And can you explain that? Because I was wondering if they were going between the two at your last fight, November 5th. Did it have something to do with, like, the shin pads or no shin pads? You know what happened with those shin pads? Okay, so after you have three fights or more, the shin pads and the headgear come off. Come off. And then it, and then he was 5-0, and oh, but he wanted to fight with shin guards. And I assume it's his dad trying to protect him because yeah, his dad. Him, yeah, I mean, his dad broke his fucking leg. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then. Yeah, low-key might have seen your record. Like, hey, he's dude's 9-4. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then not only that, that I train out of King's MMA. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then I had like a fight or two already on. on I, I have all my fights, but I don't release them online. You know, so dudes can yeah, yeah. look me Why up. Why they want to let you step you don't want them to just study, to study me. Yeah, yeah. I don't want them to see me. I don't need it, you know, even though I want to do it, but whatever. But there was one fight that's actually online, and I lost that fight. It was a bad weight cut. Um, no excuses, but I'm just saying I'll get into the weight cut thing and all that. But um, I lost that fight, but the promotion posted it. So it's a full five round fight, and it was from 2019. That was actually the fight that I, that was actually the fight that I came up short for an IKF title. Uh. That was a five rounder. Yeah, it was a five rounder. Yeah. Brutal. With a brutal weight cut. Yeah, bro. Yeah, been dead. Yeah. Oh man, I was done, bro. You could see it in the fight. And like how I'll explain it is like you have gas and then Yeah. And then you're trying <laughs> to save second. Yeah, and then you're trying to stable out and then oh man. And I was just there just kinda I lost to a guy that I shouldn't have lost to, in my opinion. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 you know, it was just he had a he had a, a a really good coach and everything else, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, the thing with Silva, they wanted shin guards, and then I told the promotion, I was like, "Yo, that's fucking corny. Like, yeah. he has more than three fights. He's gonna have to take the shin guards at some time." Right. I was like, "Why does he want shin guards?" Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? But they were like, "Hey, they already requested it, and you didn't say nothing in the beginning." And I knew not to say nothing in the beginning because I was like, "We might not get this fight if I say no shin guards." Yeah, yeah. You get what I'm saying? Just keep the name. Yeah. So I was like, I just want the fucking fight. Yeah. You know, especially because it didn't have anything to do with the rule sets. It's just that he requested to have the pads on. He wanted the pads on, but the pads are just little like sponges, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But whatever. He wanted the pads, so I had to wear them. Even in the video when I walk out, um, the announcer, David Huey, is like, "Uh, they both got shin guards. I don't know why. They both have more than three fights. He's like, this is interesting to me. But I had to wear them, bro. I was pissed, bro. I didn't want to wear them, but yeah. I did, you know? Yeah, bro. But in kickboxing or Muay Thai, at least out here in Southern California with IKF sanctioning it, if you have anything from zero to three fights, you need to wear shin guards and headgear. I got you. And then after you have, if you won all three fights or you have more winning than losing, mm-hmm. then the headgear and shin guard c- come off. You know what I mean? So, but with kickboxing, the difference in the rules versus Muay Thai. and Muay Thai, you can elbow. Okay. Okay? And then in Muay Thai, you can clinch, which means you can grab each other with like two hands. And you can play the clinch and the pumble and, or pumble and, you know, and, and you, the ref won't break you. But, and then also you can catch the kick and kick out the leg and that's called like sweeping. 
Or you can grab each other and then like do little dumps. So you can throw a, them to the floor. That's all Muay Thai rules. So. That's all Muay Thai. I got you. Right? Okay. But in kickboxing, you can't elbow uh-huh. and you can't clinch. I got you. You get what I'm saying? So, um, you, which is kind of cool too because you see a lot more hands. Mm-hmm. And if you're a Westerner and into Western boxing or whatever, you want to see dudes throw hands, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, that fight, I wanted to fight kickboxing where you couldn't clinch. And that was kind of because I hurt my rib and tore my rotator and all that shit when that dude was clinching me. And I had no training in clinch. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to fucking clinch. Gotcha. You get what I mean? So this dude's 6'5", and the, the promotion introduces us. You shake hands. Hey, this is Vinny. Hey, this is John or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then they were like, I told the promotion, I told the promoters, the guys, I was like, hey, tell them I want kickboxing rules. Like, I don't want to fight. Um... Muay Thai rules, you know what I mean? And then they were like, they put it on me, bro. They introduced us, and they were like, hey, tell this guy that you don't want to fight with with knees or clinching. Oh, yeah. And then I was like, what the fuck? I was like, you guys (laughs) aren't going to. He, like, put me on the spot. Yeah. So I never had that happen or anything else. And then my my cornerman, Steve, and my other buddy, Milk, are, like, not there. And then I was just like, hey, like, I was hoping we could fight, like, kickboxing rules, you know. And then hit, the guy, like, pulled this one on me. He was like, whoa, we can fight kickboxing rules, but this is Muay Thai. And he had a point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And sure. I was like, yeah, nah, I get it. But, like, you know, I don't really train Muay Thai. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, like, I want to kickbox. And he was like, yeah, well, we can do that. But, like, you know, you came to a Muay Thai event. And then I was just like, I felt the pressure, bro. And then I was just like, well, I, I was, yeah, I was like, well, I don't really know how to clinch. You know what I mean? Like, fucking, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's not going to be that great. Like, or, you know, I just said that. And he was just like, well, we can fight kickboxing. But, like, don't, like, basically don't be a bitch. It's Muay Thai. Like, if you're going to fight, fight Muay Thai. Yeah. And I told him, you know what, bro? We can fight Muay Thai. Fuck it. Let's do it. Uh-huh. So what'd he do? I just told him to his face what my fucking weakness was. Oh, your rib or what? Oh, that you never trained clinch? You get uh, what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, yeah. Damn. So what'd he do? Clinch the whole fight? He clinched the whole fucking fight, bro. Damn. And then he's 6'5". I couldn't fucking get like one or two punches off until yeah. he grabbed me and just tried to fucking hold me. Knee, knee, yeah. knee, knee, knee. Fucking arms are extended just to get inside the clinch. You get what I'm saying? So like, I was like, fuck. So that was, he won that fight and it was just like a bad taste in my mouth. And then I was like, yo, I'm pretty good at this, but I need professional help. Yeah. You know, and I mean, at that time, are you working? Or are you are you kind of like at that time? Like I was working, but I think I was like trying to go to. I was like gonna go to school for like personal training, health and fitness. Um, we just got out of the recession in like two thousand eight. Uh-huh. You know, oh, yeah, what I mean? yeah, that's right, yeah. With like Bush and all that shit that happened. Yeah, a little crash. Yeah, so so like. I was working, but I don't even know what I was doing. I might have been like. I don't know what I was doing at that time, to be honest. I think I was collecting unemployment. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? I had some unemployment coming in, and then, yeah. like, you know, being 21, 22, and be like, shit, this is almost as much as a fucking 40 hour check, yeah. to, you know what I mean? I know. I was like, nowhere. you know what I'm saying? I was I like, know. fuck it. I got plenty of it. So I don't know what I was doing, but um, I know I wanted to do health and fitness, personal training, and teach kickboxing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, like, when I signed up for the school and got approved and all that, they were like, oh, you want to do kickboxing? Like, you need to go somewhere to, like, learn that. Like, you don't come to a school to learn that. Mm. And then I was like, fuck, well, where do I go to learn that? You know what I mean? And then it just so happened, like, 2012 crept around, and it was, like, the end of the year sale. It was, a, um, it was like, a Groupon. 
Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it was called like Daily Deal at that time. It was some weird shit. I don't know. I forget what it was called, but um, it was for King's MMA in Huntington Beach, and it was like get a month for ninety nine dollars, right? Yeah. So then we start looking up YouTube videos of King's MMA, and it's Master Rafael Cordero, mm-hmm. Vanderlei Silva, Fabricio Verdum. Fucking Mayhem Miller. All like, the killers. All, all the killers these, in the bro, UFC. All the killers at the UFC at the time and from Pride Fighting are there. Mm-hmm. Shogun Hua. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know what I mean? Anderson Silva. All the guys from Shooter Box that were dominant in, in, um, in Pride Fighting were, were now here in America. You know what I'm saying? So my buddy Steve was like, hey, I got it. You should get it. And I'm like, fuck, bro. Like, I don't got a car right now. Like, I don't got a license. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm collecting unemployment. Uh-huh. I can't really afford it. Once you got there, it was like a $200 membership because it's some of the best training yeah, yeah. Best in training the, world. the world. Yeah, for sure. But world then it's class. all the way in Huntington Beach, you know? Was it always there? It was always, that's the OG one? Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess they started somewhere else, like in, in Huntington Beach and like through one studio. But then he got his own gym, oh, okay. right, in Huntington Beach. So it's and, always been out there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then um, we went out there, and we're doing, like, the 9 a.m. beginner class. Mm-hmm. And I went, like, twice with my buddy, and my buddy was just like, he's fucking going to be late. He'll be late to anything. He's, like, late to his own funeral. I'm just going to be honest, Steve. I hate to put you on blast, bro, but you're fucking just late to everything and a lagger, bro. <laughs> and, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? And, like, he will pull up, and you pull up, and they would be, like, halfway through the warm-up and shit. And I'm like, yo, like... How are we going to be coming to this fucking gym and, uh, and like, we're showing up late, bro? Like, yeah. you know, like, yeah. how does that look? And he's like, ah, don't trip. Like, the coach said, like, he's late all the time, too. I'm like, I don't yeah. like that. Yeah. I was like, coach I don't like don't that. Like that. You know what I mean? I was like, I don't like that, bro. I want to be early and uh-huh. shit, you know? So I only ended up making it twice, and then that was, like, the end of 2012. And then I got a job doing furniture delivery and I got my license back, and I started doing pretty good, you know? Like, I got my license back. I started doing furniture delivery. I was driving this little Toyota Tacoma 1998, one of the best fucking vehicles ever made. <laughs> they last forever, man. Right? All Toyotas, bro. That's it, bro. 1998 <laughs> Toyota Tacoma. And uh, Toyota sponsored me. Um, <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, I drove by, I got sent out to go do like a errand or some shit, like for work, and I drove by King's MMA, and I was like, oh fuck, it's King's MMA, I was like, oh shit, I'm gonna stop in there and be like, hey, I, tra-, you know, I was like, stopped in there, I was like, hey, I trained here, like, with the group on, and um, I'd really like to come back to training, and like, you know, I, 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 I think I can afford it now, mm-hmm. and um, as well as, um, you know, I was like, you know, I got a vehicle or whatever. So I made a deal with work and I was like, Hey, I was like, here's the deal. I want to train at King's MMA. We fucking worked all the way in Hawthorne, mm-hmm. right? And King's MMA is in Huntington Beach, but I didn't understand it. I didn't give a fuck. I just wanted to train at King's. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, yo, if I can use the co- the truck two times a week, like I'll work on these different hours to make it up. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, yeah, whatever. Like, if you want to do that, that's cool. Really? You know? Yeah. So I was like, cool. So that's what started me out, bro. I went. That's on company gas or what? Yeah, you no, know, oh. wasn't. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, I know, bro. Um, right. Yeah, but nah, but um, 
you know, I started using the truck and I was hustling all the time, man. I would like, I was on the road all the time because I was a delivery driver and mm-hmm. we delivered everywhere. It was like, okay. we advertised on Craigslist and then you'd order a bed and it could be anywhere. Okay. Like, IE, yeah, yeah, IE, San Gabriel Valley, San Fernando Valley. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it was, so I was always on the road, but, um, I made it to Kings like two times a week. And it just so happened that my buddy Steve and my buddy Milk started going back there and driving with Steve and he joined again. So I was like, yo, like, for some reason we're all back at Kings MMA. I was like, this is it. Like, we're going to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you guys all got, Kind of back training at the same time. Yeah, and, like, we were all back training at the same time. And I'm like, all right, so we're all going to fight, right? Like, what are we going to do? And um, anyways, like, um, they had to take some time off, but I was already established. I was, like, serious about it, yeah. you know? And I was like, no. Nah, it's just been serious ever since. Yeah, I mean, I was serious since day one, yeah. you know, back. But I just didn't know how to make it happen. How to incorporate it into your, mm-hmm. like, and lifestyle. Fi- and find a gym and everything else. But, like... It just so happened that kind of fell in front of you. Yeah. And then like, you know, like, you know, other people, they kind of start out at like mediocre gyms or whatever. But like Kings MMA is one of the best MMA gyms and and, and Muay Thai for MMA and Muay Thai gyms. Legendary coach Rafael Cordero on the planet. Yeah. So I started there and I've been there ever since, yeah. you know. Now, I've always took breaks here and there, you know, because it's hard because I've always lived out here in Covina. Yeah. West Covina, and then I got to drive 30 miles and then drive back mm-hmm. or drive there, then, you know, drive to work. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but I always try to make the best of it. I at least got two to three days in there. And um, I made it from the beginner class or like intermediate to the intermediate class. And then I would always ask, like, hey, Master, do you think we're ready for pro practice? And he was like, I don't know if you're ready for pro practice. He's like, you got to show up and see if you can handle it. You know what I mean? Nice. And like my new pro practice is like killers. Le- yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah. Leota Machida, yeah, yeah. you know, Rafael Dos Anjos, like uh Benil DeRouche, Nolan Tickman, like all these UFC guys, yeah. up and coming dudes, like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was like it was serious. You so know? when when did you get blessed by the pro class? I'd say like maybe twenty fourteen. And then I was like, I was seeing these other guys that I was, I would, I mean, not saying nothing bad, but I, I mean, I felt like I was beating them up in intermediate class. Mm. I felt like I was better than them, but I seen them, um, in the pro class pitchers. Oh, okay. And I was like, yo, like, I was like, yeah, I was like, if they can fucking do it, I can do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I started going to pro class, and then I never looked back, bro. Yeah. And one of the things that I got from that was I was, like, around all these guys on the mats. So when you're around these high-level dudes, and then you're with your high-level coach, you just start excelling. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're just, your head is down and you're just running the drill. Just grinding. So grinding, bro. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, Master Rafael, um, there is no uh, belting system in Muay Thai, Mm. but Master Rafael had his own ranking system and his Muay Thai striking curriculum, which you're starting to see a lot more now. Mm -hmm. But, like, the traditional Muay Thai, like, dudes and, like, or from Thailand, like, they've been fighting 
pro since they were like eight because yeah. you know they there's fight no for rank. money yeah, yeah there's just, no fucking rank yeah. you didn't think of fuck about rank you know yeah. so um, but You're 11 this 12 year old to fuck you up dude. yeah exactly <laughs> exactly so but he had a, a ranking system so then i started coming together like i i hit 25 and it was like 2015 and i was just like you know what i was like what am i doing you know i was like why am i training like, I was, like, either, like, am I just training to train? Uh-huh. Or, and, like, is this my hobby? Or am I gonna make it, like, work and happen and, like, you know, like, be a fighter or whatever? And I didn't really want to be a fighter even though I had those three fights. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be a coat, like, a hot, like, Floyd Mayweather, like, Mittman. Instant business. You win a couple fights, post some shit. Mm-hmm. You got a nice personal training business right there. Yeah, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then and then, you know, like, but I didn't want anybody questioning my credentials. Mm. So then I'm like, all right, here's the plan. I was like, I'm gonna get my black belt under Rafael Cordero and his Muay Thai striking system. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna fight and dominate these Southern California fight organizations that are coming up, right? And as IFS started popping up. Who fought an IFS? Chato. So I was like, cool. I can fight Chato and IFS. Full circle. You know what I'm saying? And then I was like, and now I'm from a professional gym. And like, yeah. you know, I'm getting some good training. I got good sparring partners and yeah. training partners. I'm learning shit. And um, I was like, all right, so this is what I'm going to do. And I told everybody I'm like 25. I'm just like, look, I'm going to be a fighter. I'm going to be a coach. I'm going to open my own gym. And I'm going to teach martial arts. And I'm going to get my black belt under Rafael Cordero. And then, you know, I'll fight and I'll be champion of these local promotions and organizations. And then that way when people come to me and they're looking for training, I can be like, look, I trained and I'm ranked under one of the best MMA coaches and martial arts coaches on the planet. And in history, um, I have my credentials under him. Also... I fought in all the local promotions, and I'm a champion because my goal is to be IFS champion. Yeah. And then, um, you know, and then, you know, I'll be like, if you want to train, I know what it takes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I've trained with some of the best in the world, like athletes and yeah. stuff like that, you know. And in um, 2015, I was like, it was two years of training, like, on and off, like I said, like, two days a week or three yeah. days a week. But I was always on my grind. Yeah. I was always on my grind. And you're always, you're like, at that time, like, after two years... You know, regardless of the little breaks you take, you're kind of feeling world class, you know? Yeah, yeah. But what the thing was is, like, mind you, I was self-trained from training with Stephen Milk. I got you. You know what I mean? So, like, I took everything that I learned there or even just the fight spirit or whatever, the drill, and I ran it three three other days out of the week down here in Covina or wherever I was. Mm-hmm. You know okay. what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. So, um... In 2015, I was like, I messaged IFS on on Facebook, and I was like, hey, I'm ready for a fight. And then they were like, all right, we're going to try to find you a fight. And I was like, look. Calling someone out already? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, hey, uh, how many fights do I need to be champion? And they were like, you need five or more in order to be considered for a championship shot. And I was like, cool. You know what I mean? So then I didn't get my first one with them. I got my first one. Through some Thai promotion that was down here uh, looking for fighters. And I fought in, like, uh, it was called, like, M1. And I fought in East L.A. And I fought in East L.A. And we were there. We didn't know shit. Because, you know, like, um, my my corner is all self-built. 
Steve Delapaz and me, <laughs> and then we had Rusty. What like we all learned, um, like as we went. Yeah, you know so what I mean. I. Like nobody from Kings came out. We didn't. I didn't want to ask nobody. You know what I'm saying? I don't want that pressure. Like, hey, can you come out and corner me? Or, hey, yeah, is it yeah. okay? Or whatever, you know? Right. So when I got when I got it, I was just like, yo, we're just going to do it. Like, we can do it. Mm-hmm. So I remember going to my first fight and, go, like, being the last guy that I could call, bro. And, like, when you go to the fights, they have gloves that fighters fight in. But they take them off the fighters after and give them to the next fighter. So the gloves throughout the whole fight card. Soaked. They oh bro, they start getting fucking soaked and they're cold and squishy and nasty. And they finally came up and they gave me my gloves and we're sitting there. We're, we're just like, you know, how do we warm up? Like, how much do we warm up? Like, yeah. what do we do? You know, like, how much am I supposed to eat before if I like how, how much water? Like, we didn't know shit. Right, you know what I'm saying? Full amateur, right? Here. That was it, bro. And we walked in there, and we got busy, and who did I fight? This is my first sanctioned fight ever, right? Uh-huh. Like, I had those three smokers, which could have been sanctioned, but there yeah. was no fight commission. Uh-huh. I fought some dude from Flores Gym, bro. Really? Yeah. Oh, man, bro. Yeah, I fought some dude from Flores Gym. And at this time, I think I weighed in at 185 pounds. Okay. Right? So this is my... Tighter. This, Tighter this, yeah, yeah. We're a little bit, and this is technically like my fourth fight. Okay. Right? But my first sanctioned fight for IKF, and um, it was just another fucking like Hispanic, like Cholo-looking dude. Like he had like fucking LA all blasted on his chest and yeah. stomach and like his neighborhood and some other shit. And I was just like, fuck it, his felony fights, fucking kickboxing yeah. right here. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, we're going to get it in. So we started going at it. And then, like, uh, we're even, like, back and forth, and I was doing my best. You know what I'm saying? And then the third round, bro, I hit him with a big shot and, like, fucking knocked him out. And then, like, and and then, yeah, yeah. yeah. And But the ref, bro, RIP to R. John Rex. R. John Rex is, like, the first, like, Thai boxing fucking legend from Thailand and shit that was out here in America that um really got like Thai boxing going in California. Okay. You know what I mean? With a few other traditional Thai teachers. And um he was the referee. And when, <laughs> when I knocked the dude out, you're supposed to go to the 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 neutral corner and I'm just like celebrating. We don't know what the fuck, you know? So I'm like, Yeah like yeah they're yelling and my coach is yelling, he's running up and like that's ultimate disrespect. To, oh, to Thai culture. And yeah, and like to other people in their promotion, and they're like, yo, like, you're supposed to go to your corner. So they couldn't count the guy 10. They can't start counting until you're in the neutral corner. So, mind you, I'm like celebrating. I'm like, the fight's fucking over. Yeah, yeah. The dude was sitting in the. <laughs> Like through the ring, through yeah. the ropes and shit. But they're not counting for another twenty seconds or whatever. Nah, bro. And then like twenty seconds goes by, and the coach from from Flores Gym comes and like, hey, what the fuck? You guys need to respect. And he's getting in like my coach's face, and we're like, yo, and like, yeah, oh, we're, we're like, what bro. the fuck? Like yeah. we didn't know. We don't mean no disrespect. My bad. Like, yeah. and then Arjon Rex lets him get up, bro. Arjon Rex is raw. He was from Thailand, bro. You know what I mean? So he lets <laughs> him get up, bro. He let the dude get up and goes like. Are you ready to fight? And then dude was like, yeah. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, bro. We start fighting this shit. And I think then I put him down and they stopped the fight and shit. But, like, he was, like, out, bro. Our John uh, Rex was, like, he was just like, if he dies, he dies. Yeah. 
And like he was my favorite ref since day one, bro, because of that experience, you know? And like um it was great. So we got that first win and then we just started going after it, bro. Yeah, yeah. And then my second win or my second fight was for IFS and I fought a real tough dude and we trained good. And that's when I started uh like merging with coach jason from blitz muay thai and coach jason taught at the ufc gym in san dimas Mm -hmm. and i got hired as a bag instructor at ufc san dimas so he was the head muay thai coach there and then i was still training at kings and stuff but i'm like yo you know fuck it we yeah i was like we both still like work at the same place like i can learn from you guys and he had the experience he had been pro and he was one of the ogs from the early 2000s muay thai scene so we ended up vibing and then i asked him he put some guys on that card on that fight card mm-hmm. and i was like yo can you corner can you corner me and then i was like can you wrap my hands and like uh shout out to coach jason he did and never he he's been with me ever since yeah. i i don't have anybody else wrap my hands no because i'm always like yo like you fucking wrap my hands for like my first fight bro you gotta yeah. be wrapping my hands all the time you know <laughs> symbolic man i need that you know yeah, for sure man. so so really, I, really cool guy man great coach it's yeah. always nice talking to him really yeah. cool dad um, you know, you can tell he's a family man, really gets extreme, but he's like really like motivated and disciplined. Yeah, he loves teaching, bro. He yeah. loves his team, bro. He yeah. built that team up. Ble- For sure. Blitz, bro. He built it up. And um, so I'd always fuck with the Blitz guys yeah. and I got I got a tough fight in that one and I won. Yeah. I won. I won that fight. That was so that was my second sanctioned fight. And so, then, so I guess I guess you have like all this momentum and and this is like 2015, 16, 17, right at this time. Right? Yeah, yeah, 2016. And so you know, let's talk about this kind of, you know, brief period for the COVID time, the pandemic, man. What what kind of hit did you take right around there? Because, I mean, training kind of stopped all around in MMA for at least a couple months. Shit. Um, you I know, mean, fights, definitely any kind of events or anything got shut down. Um you know, and everybody kind of, you know, got into their own little funk or whatever. But I mean, that was a funk, bro. That was a big psychological, like the psychological damage that it did to everybody. Not only that, but financial and everything. It fucked us up, mm-hmm. you know, and then, yeah, for sure. you know, I'm thinking it's the end of the world. And then, you know, they call it what you want, conspiracy theorists or whatever. But I'm like, nah, you know, I'm going nuts. I'm like, I've been hearing about this shit for years and I'm yeah. fucking this shit's going down. And like, we got to get All ready. Fucking uh, Hillary Clinton drinking yeah. I mean, I've been, I'm like the fucking reptilians and like this and that. I'm like, they want to get us with this and that, you know? So like, yeah, yeah, you know, and then the elections, it was just the weirdest fucking year ever. Yeah, it was, man. You know what I'm saying? It was weird for sure. I'm still fucked up. My brain's so scrambled. It was like, it's like they say now, you know, uh, it was a a psyop. It was like a psychological fucking test on people's brains and blah, blah, blah. But that's another story. But but I mean, I was fucked up. I gained a lot of weight. They shut down my gym. Uh So by then, you know, jumping from 2016 to 2019, I think I had about nine fights. I won won the IFS title uh, in in 2018. So because that's where we crossed paths. We were at 10th Planet Covina. You were coaching. We uh, shit, man. I think I was only there for a couple months. And I this is why I say you had a huge momentum training because you just felt like you needed to start your business. Like, you know, personal training, the coaching, uh, one-on-ones and stuff. And so I felt like you had this huge momentum thing. That's why I was always like, man, if I start, I always had this idea for a podcast. I've had it for a couple of years, but, you know, really getting into it, I was like, man, it'd be cool to talk to that dude, man. Like, and then once COVID hit, 
you know, I mean, you can already see all the momentum with everything kind of stops, but you know, you were always a person that, you know, would stick, stick out your personality on, uh, on social media, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, that's, that's kind of what, you know, people who aren't afraid to come out of their shell do. Um, but you were very open about how, yeah, man, you got into a little depression state, you know, gained some weight. So where, where did kind of maybe some of that stem from? And then what got you out of that? I mean, I think one of the things that it stemmed from, right? There's no fights going on. There's no training. And I've been training the last fucking eight years, mm-hmm. nine years. You know what I mean? And I've been training and like on this goal to yeah. train and fight. And then, um, you know, I was getting ready for fight. I think I was getting ready for a fight. It was 2019 happened. I lost twice for that IKF title. Um, two five-round decisions. And then 2020, I'm like, all right, I'm going to start getting back on the horse and training. And I started training again, getting ready for like February, I think March. And then in March, they shut us down. They did the whole lockdown yeah, shit. March shut down, yeah. And then um, I was doing personal training out of my and working for myself at a self-made uh, training facility in West Covina. And they, they locked us out of the gym. So it was like my whole locked it down too. Yeah, yeah. So it was like it was like my whole fucking life just got taken away from me. Right, yeah. And I didn't know how to feel, you know. I didn't even realize that it fucked me up till I looked back on it a year and a half after I seen it and I'm just like, whoa, like that shit that shit fucked. Same here, bro. Yeah, shit. Even me, like I think in this last like year and a half, I kinda you know, I was telling you on the phone, like maybe a little depression state without even realizing because like you know, you're having fun or whatever, like you do at home to make the time go by. You know, you have to be at home. Everything's shut down. But then, as you know, you get back into life or whatever, you kind of realize, damn, like, am I happy like doing this same shit or like doing it the way I was before? And I think I just, you know, kind of felt depression with with my job. And so, you know, I was telling you, I gotta, you know, I want to go back to school. I want to do something different. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, career rise, I just had to make a change. But you know, for everybody, you know, they might have been feeling something they didn't even know it. You know, depression can sneak up on you. I mean, man, I know a lot of people were depressed as well as you know, fear mongered about how fucking scary COVID was, and yeah, there's really yeah. some fucking yeah. cooties out there that was gonna get you and yeah, exactly. get your grandma and all that bullshit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So fucking everybody was fucked up, bro. I was fucked up, but you know what I do? Yeah, what I did is I I think I ate my feelings. Yeah, and I ate a lot, bro. And I used to be big before, before I started training and having to actually make weight for a fight. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like I said, I was fat buff. My first fight was two twenty. Second fight two hundred. Third fight, I think I was like you know one ninety. And then fourth fight one eighty five. Fifth fight one eighty. Sixth fight one seventy five. Seventh fight one seventy. And then I tapped into 165 mm-hmm. on like the eighth. And I was like, all right, this is like my weight bracket. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, but I, I, I was like, all right. And then even at 165, the guys were still fucking bigger than me. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm thick, like a little yeah. rock, but I'm five nine. Yeah. So when you get a dude that's six foot and he's long and lean, yeah, six foot, same weight. It's like, he's long and lean, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's long and lean. Mm-hmm. Me, I'm like fat buff or I'm skinny fat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? running back. Yeah, guy. yeah, exactly. So, so you know, I fought 165, I think, like three times. And then I was like, all right. I really? Can't. So your last three fights were all 165? No, no. Um, I started getting down to one, one, uh, 150, 58. 
one one fifty five basically. You know, Fuck. yeah, between fifty six and fifty nine, um, and that's where I became champion at fifty six. So when this I last mean, this last fight was at fifty six. This last one was at fifty nine. Uh, fifty nine. Yeah, yeah. So, so I probably walk around at like a a nice shredded, like a nice like muscle on me and and ab showing little four pack. It fit. I could walk around at at one eighty, you know. So the rest is like work. I got to start tapping into muscle and shit and dehydrating. Yeah, man. To How get like, down. Uh, diet wise, are you like on like meal plans, meal preps, and you know, yeah, yeah, outside outside resources, or you do your own cooking and all that? I mean. I did out, outside resources before. The best thing I think I did was the introduction to working with the nutritionists. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, like different nutritionists and, and, and bodybuilders and personal trainers that knew, yeah. nu- that knew nutrition. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then I kind of. I think I've, uh, I've seen you train with a couple of people. Like, uh, there's Garrett Hawkins. There's. Uh, yeah. I think I've seen that you were actually getting some nutrition, you know, help from. You know different people yeah i have before yeah i reached out to garrett um uh his his uh his wife ray um i worked with her at self-made and then she did she does boxing she did boxing with me so yeah i did reach out to him but he's super busy man that guy knows the stuff he he's yeah, super I busy got some, i got some uh work from him this was like 2019 because i dropped a covid 25 and uh, so he helped me out a lot. Yeah, and I actually had him on the podcast, and uh, that that was the audio that I fucked up. So I want to have him on. You know, shout out Garrett. Yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, man, it's really cool guy. He does know his shit, man. So and the nutrition, bro, like it's so important for you, man, to keep the energy up while you're cutting weight. And yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was that was interesting. Yeah, I never got a chance to work with him. I reach out to him, but um, he sent me like the questionnaire and i never sent it back in time and then like it just by the time i try to get to him yeah. you know the guy is like booked he gets you on a slow plan too so yeah. he wants to bring you down and get you kind of right yeah yeah i would love to uh, mark my words i'm gonna work with them i would i, I would love I to would work love to with that, that guy when i actually talk to him again i want to kind of get his opinion on kind of athletic weight cuts versus like a bodybuilding weight cut yeah kind of how he goes about it because low-key a nutritionist is like a chemist you know they got to know about different parts of the body that's going to fire at different low points with sodium and all that shit like you know as your level hormones up. yeah hormones yeah exactly. hormones yes. uh, and then and then also not only that what type of athlete is it yeah because a bodybuilder versus a dude that is like i need carbs yeah i sure. need shit like you that need that but also the thing with me is I just don't do well with carbs as far as me dropping weight, in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. if I start eating carbs and shit, I just like, I don't know, I won't drop weight. I just feel like it holds on to it. So me, I figured out my own thing. Everybody's different. Yeah, for sure. But I figured it out as well as going off of like skimming off of like coaches that I've worked with on diet and nutrition. Yeah, definitely. But what yeah. Are, what are some things that work for you? No breads or it, it, it breads because it's bloating, right? Try to stay away from anything like too processed, mm-hmm. and then for me, it's just as lean as possible, mm-hmm. right? And I Straight usually chicken titties, yeah, bro, <laughs> motherfucking, you know, Vinny fam, fucking favorite, bro, chicken titties, baby. Hey, man, where'd the horny come from, man? Bro. You've been saying that for years. I've been saying that for years, bro. You know what? Um, <laughs> damn, where did it even? You know, I say it in like, cause, okay, so I'm not from the PC culture. 
I'm from before PC culture where you said all kinds of shit and nobody yeah, yeah, like yeah. fucking no give a fuck unless no, it was a real N word eye to eye. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you were saying some shit like hateful like that or like you know you 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 had like some type of gay like slur that you know. But I mean, I well, fuck it, I'll say it. I mean, we grew up in the '90s and you always called your buddy like, "Oh, you're a fag, bro. Yeah. You're gay." I've never called an actual gay person like a slur like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've never done that, but like you know that's another story right but um yeah like mine was always shock value i always like to say shit i always like to say shit that just like they're like would like to turn heads and like people be like what the fuck did you just really fucking say that did you just say he's fucking horny for chicken breast right now and just me like when i say i'm horny i just i'm just excited yeah yeah you know what i mean so i'm just like yeah i'm so fucking you know you made a good play on it bro yeah dude you even made it just the other day man it's so funny that you're on social media because like you're a good laugh of the day because you were talking something about driving or you were driving, and you were talking about uh, back in the day when I was horny trying to get my fingers wet and shit. Oh, yeah, bro, yeah. It's so relatable. Yeah, and well, yeah. You turn it into using it for something else. Bro. You know, well, the thing is, yeah, because, you know, like, I just try to make people laugh, bro. Yeah. If you know me, you know me. Yeah. I mean, I've got a lot of unfollows and stuff like that, too, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, it's probably because I'm saying I'm horny or yeah. fucking this and that. But, like, you don't get my sense of humor, you're not going to get it. Nah, and And, you know, one of my best things is even, like, transitioning more into like this pc world and being more like broadcasted around like is like the best thing that i found is like your vibe attracts your tribe Mm-hmm. so like i like that because i'm like fuck it like you know the real ones will stick with me and i kind of learned that honestly i learned that through just this last one around through also like speaking out against the way i felt about covid and the lockdowns and the and the mandates and then the elections you know what I'm saying? There, I mean, fuck, bro. People lost family members over who they were voting for, <laughs> and like, like in friends of years yeah, and all yeah, kinds yeah, of shit. Yeah. You know, and I felt bad because I was like, man, that's fucked up. Like, how are you gonna lose? <laughs> like, how are you not gonna be my friend over somebody you uh, vote yeah, for and yeah, shit? You know. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah. I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. Because if you are who you are, that person just doesn't. They don't resonate in your life anymore, and but you're gonna attract the real ones, like even yeah, more so, and you're gonna find who's really for you, you know, depending on which way you lean or whatever type of lifestyle or whatever you believe in your beliefs. Like, you know, people are gonna resonate with you yeah. with what you're putting out there, and the other people aren't, and that's fine, you know. But you know, me, I just try to be funny, bro. So, yeah. when yeah, when I say I'm horny, when I'm horny for something. It's just, it's not so figurative or figure, you know, I'm, I'm just horny. I'm excited. You know, I'm, I'm horny to drink this water right now. Kirkland right here, alkaline. I'm horny for alkaline water, you know, <laughs> yeah. do you get what I'm saying? Well, yeah, bro. But I yeah, mean, I mean, and especially you, you, you know, you're passionate about this, bro. The passion comes through, man. Cause you've been doing this since day one. You loved it. Um, but you know what kind of got you out of the funk gaining weight and, uh, you know, 2019, what got you out of it? You were like, so- fuck it you know i'm better than this so so what happened was is i didn't realize how big i got because like i said i'm big yeah and uh and i dropped down and like the only time i, I lost weight was for fights i never forget when i told master Rafael, i go hey i want to fight he goes oh, okay like you're ready to fight like i seen you on the mats like you get down mm-hmm. and you can handle a fight he's like what well, wait i was like oh they have a fight for me at one uh 180 and he's like oh fuck no like yeah, no, I'm sorry he didn't say that because he's a real nice man. But he's like, oh no, no way, you cannot fight 180. And I'm like, what do you mean, master? And he's like, no, you 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 are 155. And I'm like, 
I've never been 155 in my life. Damn. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm like, uh, it looks like I'm never going to be able to fight because, like, <laughs> like I'm you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm like, how the fuck? Like my career just yeah, you know what I'm saying? Before anything got started, because I'm like, how the fuck am I gonna? How the fuck am I gonna hit 155? I gotta cut off my legs. You know what I'm saying? And here we are today, and I'm the champ. I'm like three time champ of fucking 150 in the 150s. God, you know what I'm saying? That's nice. Yeah. So. So the only time I cut weight is for the fights, right? But normally you're cutting from like a 180. A fit 180, 170 maybe. Depends yeah. um, how your body grabs on, how much energy you have, other stuff like that. But I gained a lot of weight. I was probably like 185 before the, the lockdowns hit. And throughout that year, I went up to 230, mm. right? So I went up to 230. I wasn't training no more because the gyms are locked down. And then I wasn't training people as well because people were scared to be by people. Yeah. That's understandable. They told you, you know, if you breathe or whatever, you know, you're going to die, you know. Yeah, yeah. So people were freaked out. I mean, not necessarily me, but that bothered me too because I wasn't able to run my business. They shut it down. They locked me out of the gym. I wasn't able to be a personal trainer no more. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't really getting unemployment because the way I ran my business. So I had to figure it out. Um, yeah. I did a little bit of, con you know, construction stuff here and there to help my buddy out, like just minimally. And like I was big, and I, I, I like realized, like, damn, like people are like, damn, bro. Like I remember I seen Coach Jason. I walked in the gym because I was like walked in to say hello or something. He's like, damn, Vinny. <laughs> He's like, bro, what the fuck? Like Vinny ain't Vinny or what? And I was just like. No, I just told him, I was like, come on, coach. I was like, you don't know the Vinny before you met him when he was actively fighting. I was like, this is like Vinny Big Sexy, but I was big, bro. It was the biggest I ever almost been. I was 230, right? And um, I went to the gym, and I remember just thinking, uh, I found a gym that was actually running classes. Mm -hmm. Like the underground gym shit was starting like a year in. Yeah, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like people were finally sick of being told what to do, if they could <clears throat> fucking work out or not or whatever. So I found a gym and I was trying to get it in and I took my kids there because, I, I mean, out of the whole pandemic, I felt bad. The worst I felt was for the kids. Oh, for sure. You know what I'm saying? That was <clears throat> fucked up to be in the house like that and shit because the adults still were able to continue working and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The kids is fucked the up, you know? don't even get, like, good friendships. They yeah. They get the playground. Yeah. So so I found a place for my kids to train. Oh, that's good. And And I took them there and they had bags. And I was hitting the bags. And then I was just like, fuck. Like, I was like, I miss the bags, right? And then um, it just so happened that, you know, with the different counties, it's so stupid, right? Like, L.A. is fucking locked down. They, they're, they're like, super COVID restricted. But then Orange County was like, nah, fuck that. Yeah, yeah. They were like, we, nah, we're open. Yeah, they're like, nah, we ain't doing that bullshit. So I was like, fuck, I fuck with Orange County, you know? Yeah. And, but not only that, even, like, in Chino and Rancho. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? So the self-made in Chino, um, in Chino Hills, yeah. it was open. Okay. And I was I, I I went by to see a friend of mine, and then they had bags at, at the self-made, and I I miss self-made because when they shut down my gym, I wasn't allowed to train no more. You know, and like I just remember feeling real euphoric, and I just I asked her, I was like, hey, um, you think I can come and like work out? And, like, in exchange, like, I'll hold mitts for you and teach you how to box. She was like, fuck yeah, you can come work out. 
And then I just started showing up and like hitting the bags and shit. I'm 230 pounds. People are looking at me like, damn, this fat dude can move. Yeah, he can move. He's you know what I'm saying? Move. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, this yeah. motherfucker could throw. Yeah, yeah. And then I just, that was it, bro. It was, it was. So it was you just kind of put it out for like a couple months. You kind of blew up. I mean, I, I didn't kind of blow up. I blew up. But then I was just like, yo, like, I'm going to lose this weight. I was like, like, and I was like, I don't care if I ever fight again. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I want live like this. Yeah, I can't. I can't be all big like this. I was like, I'm depressed, mm-hmm. and I drown myself in eating. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And I was like, I need it. I need to stop because I don't drink. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, or smoke? Do you even blaze? I you know yeah. I barely started blazing again in mm-hmm. this last year. Really? Yeah, and I didn't blaze forever, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um. And, you know, because I, I, I stopped smoking because I was in the union working. Uh-huh. And then you can't, if you get hurt on the job yeah, and they drug it. test you, they won't cover you. Yeah. Even if the fucking crane literally falls over on you. Yeah, you you know it. what I'm saying? Yeah. So I didn't ever want to risk that, you know? And then once I tried to go back to smoking, I was just like, whoa, like the weed was super strong, bro. It's all this hydroponic <laughs> shit grown in indoors. Yeah. Like I'm from the stress and swag days, you know what I'm saying? Swaggies. Fucking <laughs> getting seen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know what I'm saying? Mexican dirt weed, bro. <laughs> There's some bammer shit. You need some bammer, bro, yeah. you know? Like, and then you're talking chronic, and then chronic turned into, right? Like the chronic or whatever turned into $20 a gram, and they give you this much. Yeah. And I'm from I'm from the two finger era of a dub, you know. Yeah, I'm like hell no, nah, bro. I'm like what the fuck you gonna give me a little piece like this? I'm like I'm used to a fucking dub like this. Tell me if it ain't two fingers, it's not a fat. Set. Yeah, exactly. So I was just like, man, I'm over with smoking weed. Fuck smoking weed. You know what I'm saying? And then like when I tried to go back to it, it was so strong, bro. I was just like having a panic attack. I'm like, whoa, fuck. Yeah. I'm like, am I all right? <laughs> Shit, I don't feel right. So I, I, I fell out of it. The reason I got back into it recently is because I have a few injuries. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm so tense yeah. from holding the stance. For sure. And my neck and shoulders and shit hurt. And I always remember when I used to blaze it, I'd take a hit. And then when you let that hit out, and your whole fucking spine, I swear, your everything relaxes yeah. immediately. Everything, yeah. <laughs> First good hit. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, yo, I kind of miss that. So I, I just dabble a little bit, take a little yeah. bite here and there. And it's, it's usually at night, and it helps me with my sleep. Nice, nice. But I don't drink. It gets me too sick. I get too yeah. sick because I used to drink when I was a kid. I got you. You know what I'm saying? And, like, it just, like, I get sick. Are you big into recovery? Like, uh, you know, obviously you got your water. You're taking care of yourself right now. But, you know, you, you know, take supplements. You, you know. Ice bass. I see you at Definition and mm-hmm. uh, Glendora. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Shout out to uh, Definition uh, Sports Massage in Glendora. Uh, one of my sponsors. You go down there. They got the the cryo chamber, mm-hmm. and they got uh, spot uh, cryotherapy, and then um, they got really good masseuses, and they hit you with the blading. Okay. And, oh, and, 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 I've been thinking about that. Blade. Yeah, and the cupping, and um, they also have like the compression boots and the compression. For your hips or your arms or whatever, yeah. so I just um, I just uh, cut a deal with them where they're actually sponsoring me as a sponsored athlete, which is a real blessing because I need that shit. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? For sure. I need it so bad. So Even um, doing jujitsu, I was to be like, I got to go to the chiropractor every month, and I got yeah, like, I get a yeah. massage and shit. Speaking of chiropractors, shout outs to um, the OC fight docs, Doctor Kessler and and uh, Tustin who sees all the fighters and all the combat athletes in the world 
are in you know that are the top of the top if you ever go there um that's a that's another one of my day one sponsors dr kessler i love you um um yeah uh they take care of you right there but yeah recovery is big you know what i'm saying but back to when i just lost weight i just i remember hitting the bags and i had my daughter bro my daughter's six she was five and she was recording me and i was there and i kind of gassed out mm. and my son was hitting mitts with the coach with coach rusty um at the shack system and i was just like fuck i'm huge i'm gassing out i'm like my my daughter sees me like this and i was like i can't be like this like i don't look like a like a strong man for my kids to be able to go like yeah that's my dad and not that they looked at me in any way like that even now right. but just in my head you know yeah. i told myself that Play that mental game on yourself. You get what I'm saying? I was just like, you know, if I'm going to be like this strong alpha dad and like, you know what I'm, you know what I mean? Like, I can't be like this, all big like this. And I'm like, I'm supposed to be a kickboxer and an athlete. And I was just like, it's time. So, um, as fights started opening up out of state and then I, I was like, maybe they'll come back over here. I was like, either way, I'm just going to lose weight. I just want to lose weight. And I was like, and I just miss hitting the pads because, like I said, the first time I ever hit pads, you get a high. Yeah, it's very euphoric. Love pad work. I fucking love it. Yeah. And um, yeah. Anyways, uh, I just started losing the weight, and then self made opened back up, in um, I want to say what February, March. I want to say either in March or April, like the restriction came off where gyms could go back inside. And then in West Covina, and I went back in to hit the bags, and uh, it was right like when DMX died too, right? So I went in to hit the bags and train another trainer that was a trainer there, my buddy Anthony. And um, he asked me like, hey, can you come in and train me? And I'm like, I'm not really training people, bro, and I don't think I'm going to come back to training. I was kind of scarred. I was scarred, actually. I was fucked up. I didn't want to go back to training. Mm. And... um I was like, but I'll come through, you know, because I wanted to hit the bags. Yeah. And it was a lot closer than Chino. And then I started hitting the bags. And mind you, I used to beast on those bags upstairs. It was my department, you know. And it was the first time I'd been in in like a year of the lockdown and being locked out of the gym. Mm. And DMX came on. And I just started fucking Shit. hitting the bags, bro. And I started hitting the bags. And it was like right when DMX died. And I just started going in, bro. Yeah. Just in bag wars, yeah, bag wars, baby. That's it, bro. But the yeah, famous Vinny Fan bag wars, fifteen yeah. rounds, and I just fucking went nuts. And then like I you was got a couple of t-shirts you could put out easily. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I'm working on merch. Yeah. I'm working on it. Yeah, you um, should, bro. And uh, yeah, um, so I just started going in, and then I hit up uh, Jason Tam, who's the owner. At South Made West Covina, I was like, yo, I want to come back, bro. Mm-hmm. I was like, you guys are back inside. I was like, I, I was like, they were training people outside in the parking lot, but I was like, for me to be, for me to be paying rent, like what I do, like to pay rent and everything else, like, and then have to build my whole clientele from the ground up, like it didn't make sense for me to be out there because not, not outside. Nah, not outside because I could do that at the park or whatever else. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just being honest. Oh, yeah. But once they were back inside, I could start running 
And then by then, everybody missed going to the gym. Yeah, they missed going sure. inside. They missed the environment. And yep. self-made West Covina is one of the best places to train. I mean, yeah. I've been there. It's a nice gym. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you have yeah, been yeah. there. Oh, yeah. That's I right. I tried to walk in like a boss and just walked up in there. Yeah, you yeah, did. Yeah. Like a trainer or whatever. I remember. Yeah. 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 It, was, it was cool, man. Yeah. No, but. Yeah, they got a good vibe over there. That is a nice gym. Yeah. So I came back in the gym and all of a sudden I was training people again. Mm-hmm. And I was big. Yeah. So, you know, and then you got all these new trainers that are like new on the roster. There's only a yeah, couple. Like, who's this guy, this big dude? Yeah, who's this big fat dude? Just <laughs> doing boxing upstairs. But then you had some of the OGs that I started with, and they're like, nah, that's Vinny. Vinny was here before the lockdown. Uh-huh. You know, so you're probably just like, oh, okay, whatever, yeah, yeah. you know? And then I was just like, I was just motivated, bro. I was just like, I'm going to lose this weight. And I was fat as fuck. Uh-huh. And I would, they, at Self Made West Covina, it's a lot of like bodybuilders and, yeah. and they do posing there right. and stuff like that. And they work out with no shirts mm-hmm. and they walk around the whole gym. And I mean, the fucking girls are super fit, super hot. I'm talking the trainers and their clients. And then the male trainers are super fit and no homo. They're super hot. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not that anything's wrong with that, but you know, I mean, that team's just lit, bro. Like, though, it's just a motivating fucking place, you know? Yeah, yeah. places like that, that that vibe, you know? Yeah, like, uh, I mean, I've never been in a place like that, so I love it. So I started walking the floor, and like, I would take off my shirt and work out, hmm. and I was fat. You know what I'm saying? And I was just like, "Fuck it, yeah. you're fat, and you're gonna show everybody you're fat." But you're going to work out without your shirt and keep working out and look at yourself in these mirrors. And it's going to motivate you to fucking be less fatter the next time. Mm -hmm. And that's just how I started getting started. I just started fucking working out and taking my shirt off. I'm like, "Uh, I'm uncomfortable, but I'm uncomfortable because I'm fat. Well, how do I not be uncomfortable? I keep working out and stick to my diet. I keep pushing. And then I started running and running. I was trying to hit six miles. So normally I run about six to seven miles a session. Three times a week. Bro, your running has got to be a whole subject on its own, bro. <laughs> Yo, as a big dude, you, I know you didn't love running back in the day. No, I didn't. I never, man, I never ran or dieted before, you know, fighting. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but something about running really drops the weight for me. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Course, yeah. So, uh. Um, so you're like, fuck it. If I'm going to love any cardio, is this that drops weight for me. Yeah, and as well as. As well as it, it's also a supplement for my training on pads and shit, you know? I got you. And my cardio is good, yeah, you know? endurance, for sure. So, you know, yeah, exactly. Fight and training endurance. So, I just run. And then, you know, summer started creeping around and it was getting hot. And like I said, nobody walks around with the shirt. And then I started getting trim. Started seeing my abs. Mm-hmm. Started training. Then fights started coming up. Started making noise, started opening up, and then boom. Where, uh, so, you know, obviously you're really kind of hitting stride and dropping the weight. And then where, where, who hit you up as far as a fight, um, for fighters rep? Um, I mean, I just kind of went in there like fucking pro wrestler style on their yeah, fucking, like, I need to fight on their social media. You know what I'm saying? I was just like tagging, tagging my coach. Yeah. I was like tagging my coach, Steve Dallapaz, like, hey, yo, fucking, I need to get on this card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to, and then you know the promoters will see it or whatever else. Yeah, but like yeah. you know, if you if you're a promoter or a fighter or whatever, you probably know who I am by then because I was already I was already you're a two time champion. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then I'm from Kings MMA. They probably like, already had an idea to get you on a fight, anyways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been wanting to fight there because I was one. So my goal was dominate the Southern California promotions. Mm-hmm. 
and that was one of them that had popped up in the recent two years maybe and they had really good marketing really good promotion i like the way they filmed their stuff they kind of did like a little countdown to the fight like fighter rep yeah, yeah fighters fighter rep. Rep. like yeah, yeah. to very be honest clean, very clean organization right their right YouTube channel ran pretty good even though the last event started a little late you know of course you understand why but ever since it started it was pretty streamlined yeah no nah, it was it was and i was like yo what where did fucking where did this promotion come from yeah i had never that heard of yeah and that's just like killing it on <laughs> on on the video aspect and like the promotion online you know because yeah. every other organization i was always like why doesn't you know i love ifs don't get me wrong but i'm like why don't they have a strong social media like right. why don't they have a strong social media presence like why aren't yeah. they too many old dudes in, like, in charge you know yeah yeah i'm like why aren't they like following fighters around and building up fighters and like fucking you know what i'm saying yeah so like fighters rep doing it i was like shit like yeah. this is where i belong you know especially me my personality yeah my fight style just everything blends in very well for me and and like i said when i used to rap and i used to perform like i had no problem being in front of a crowd yeah i had no problem getting crowd control when you're rapping and you're working the stage yeah. and you're like doing certain like ad libs for your partners and then jumping back and they're ad libbing you and you're yeah. doing like little hand gestures and shit like yeah. this you're like working the crowd bro yeah, for sure so you got people looking at you so you got their attention you know and i I always love that. I miss that. I'm gonna start rapping again. I'm I'm, I'm doing a comeback. Shit, bro. I'm doing it, bro. I'm doing it. I already said it. I was yeah. like, it's time. Hey, put it on Spotify because since you can always put out all these indie artists are coming out, bro. You could put out like a three song fucking. Yeah, song. yeah. Good, I bro. think uh, me me and Steve are gonna be working on a um like a like a little six six track like a little yeah. EP. Yeah, exactly. And then and then we'll start getting live shows coming soon. You know that's coming on because like. Like I said, that was the beginning of the plan, but yeah. it took so long to really hone in on martial arts as well as life. Oh, of course, yeah. You know what I'm it's saying? It's all to come together. It's all to come down to where you want it to be. And then I was kind of like, even I was shy about it because I was like, you know, when you rap, you got to be really cocky. You got to be really like fucking A. Like, you hear me? Yeah. Do you hear what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm spitting that shit right now, son. Yeah, yeah. Do you catch that? I'm the best. Ain't nobody fucking with me. It's yeah. kind of like fighting too. Oh, transition yeah. for me. But, you know, you, in, in martial arts, you want to be humble. You know what you I'm like saying? A humble show of dominance. Yeah, yeah. You know, don't have to say nothing. Just show you with the hands. Mm -hmm. or whatever, you know? I mean, I talk. I do my thing. Yeah. I play the room. You know, like when I go, you know, I'm there. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm always joking. I guess they should have a press conference for you guys, bro. Hey, George, is it George at five? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, have a press conference. Yeah, bro. yeah. <laughs> let's go, George. He's working on all that. That's why I like him. That's why I love doing yeah, business yeah. with him right now. I've talked to him quick at 10th Planet Covina. He seemed like a real good businessman. I was just like, yeah. Damn. I was like, yeah, this guy's nah. coming for us. He has a vision. Events. Yeah, for sure. He has a vision. I fuck with him. He's good. So, yeah, I started losing the weight, and then they started popping off a card, and I was like, all right, there's fights in Southern California. So yeah. then I told Steve, I was like, yo, we need to get back in this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then start training. And then we started training and we we're getting ready and we heard some names. And even IFS offered me Silva. So I was like, fuck it. I was like, I was like, and, and it you was know, already on the table. You know Silva. what's funny? My last fight in 2019, Silva fought there. And yeah. And he fought there and it was, it was at a Carlsbad kickboxing promotion in Carlsbad. And I fought, so I had a fight lined up at 170 at IFS, and the dude pulled out on me, and it was the second time he fucking pulled out. 
So I was like kind of depressed. I started eating and shit. And then all of a sudden, Carl's back called me and goes, hey, we heard you got a fight. You fell out. What fight do you fight at? And I'm like, well, I was supposed to fight at 170. I was like, but I, you know what I mean? I, I started eating and shit. And, and, and they were like, well, what do you want to fight at? And I'm like, well, who do you got? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I was like, not only that, I was like, I was supposed to fight for an IKF title. Yeah. And that was my goal, right? Uh-huh. And um, and I was like, I'll only fight for an IKF title. I'm not wasting my time like just fighting fools to fight fools. Yeah. I was like, it has to be a title fight. I already worked my way up. In, in you already the- knew your, uh, yeah. your, you know, your resume already. You get what I'm saying? Shot, yeah. So they found me some dude from up north that fucking was 6'4". Damn, what the fuck was his name? I forget his name. I don't even know who he was. But they were like, hey, we have him um, at 185 pounds. And then I was like, oh, okay. And they're like, all right, we can't do 185 because the title isn't open for IKF at that weight bracket. It has to be at 180. And I was like, fuck it. I'm walking around at 180. I'll make it. You know? I was like, book it. So I fought that dude. But mind you, I'm the champ at 150. Uh, 159. Mm-hmm. You know, so you. the dude was long and fucking lean. I yeah. mean, he looked. It looked like like Rocket versus Groot. You know what I mean? Like some Guardians I of the Galaxy. Yeah, I saw a clip of that. Mm-hmm. Something. It was a good fight. Tall he, guy with curly hair. Yeah, yeah, tall guy with curly hair braids. Um, he almost knocked me out in the first round as he kneed me. The knee slid up and hit my jaw. And it fucking almost knocked me out. And I weathered the storm and then I came back and I started putting the pressure. And I felt like I I felt like I won that fight, like, but from the knockdown and almost the knockout. And then also like me almost being knocked out. Sometimes when it kinda pushed on me, I was bouncing around. Mm. Like a little equilibrium was off. Yeah. So, you know, they gave him the fight. But I fell short of that one. So then that was 2019. Then COVID. Then COVID stops. Is what, 2020 or 20? No, 2021? 2020, everybody goes back to the gym. Mm-hmm. And uh, then 2021, you get your fight. 2021, I start training. I go back to the gym. And then, um, and then you know, uh, IFS hits me up and goes, hey, you want to fight? Uh, Gabriel Silva. There's two Silvas. So I'm like... Oh, yeah. I saw that. There's two sons that fight. That fight. And I'm like, okay. But at that fight in 2019, I remember looking at him and I just fucking... I I everybody, bro. I'm like the predator. If you're fucking hot or you got some type of heat coming off you, I'm fucking eyeing you. Mm. And I'm wondering what weight bracket you fight in and... Sizing them up. If I'm going to be seeing you soon. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? For sure. I'm I'm, I'm looking at the talent. Yeah. I'm I'm looking at who the fuck. Any potential enemy. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And I've called a lot of fights that we've had, and I said, we're going to fight so-and-so, watch. Yeah. We're going to fight so-and-so, watch. We're going to fight so-and-so. And sure enough, sure enough, sure enough. So I said, hey, I was like, we're going to end up fighting this kid, Silva. If, he, if, if I'm still fighting amateur and he builds his way up and does good, I go, I have a feeling we're going to fight him. And that was in 2019. Nice. And then come to man. Bro, 21. right? Nice. 2021, they're like, hey, you want to fight Silva for an IFS title? And I was trying to be double champ of IFS because I was already champ of IFS at 154 or 55. So this one was going to be for the 165 title. And I was quiet about it. And I was like, fuck yeah. I was yeah. like, fuck yeah, I'll fight Silva. I was like, I'll beat him. Yeah. And then, and then they were like, all right, like, don't tell anybody. Don't tell nobody. Uh-huh. So I was quiet about it. And then um, that was supposed to be in June. 
right? Or yeah, I think it was supposed to be in June or no, it was supposed to be in November 29th or some shit. November 29th. Okay. And I might have got the message in like June mm-hmm. or something like that. So, um, as I'm training and all that, like uh, fighters rep hits up Steve and goes like, "Hey, you want to fight?" And then they were like, hey, "We got, we're looking for an opponent for you." And then they offered Silva. And then I was like, right "Hey, yeah, yeah." And then which is a higher ranked title, right? Well, no, I didn't even know it was a fucking. I didn't even know it was for an IKF title at that time. I didn't think IFS was going to happen or whatever. And I wasn't like, I I wanted to fight at Fighters Rep because Fighters Rep was popping off fights like every two or three months. Okay. And then as well as like, I was... Frequency, you can at least get on another card. Exactly. And then not only that, maybe I can get a Fighters Rep title instead of an IFS title. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And just rack up the different promotional titles. I'd be a three different champ in three different promotions. Yeah, fuck yeah. You know what I mean? So, um... He goes, yeah. It was, Steve goes, all right, I'm going to check into it. And then I was like, yeah, like, whatever, I'll fight him. And then I was like, but IFS already offered him to me on the 29th. And then the the card for um, Fighters Rep was the third. And then um, they go, okay, they're going to send the info to to fight Silva. And uh, we'll, we'll wait on the reply. Two days later, they were like, A, um, the Silva camp uh, denied the fight. They They don't want to fight you. And then I was like, Steve was like, ah, they don't want to fight you, bro. They're fucking, they don't want to, you know what I'm saying? They're shook. Like, they don't want to fight you. And I was like, but you know what, though? I can respect that. I was like, I can respect that. Like, they're smart. They're trying. Pick a good, pick a good opponent. Yeah. For for their fighter. You you get what I'm saying? Like, let, let him build his way up. Right. And then he had an opponent. He had a guy. And all of a sudden, I think the guy pulled out like two weeks later. So they call us back, and they're like, hey. For the fifth. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, do you want to uh, fight Silva still? His opponent dropped out. And then Steve hits me back up, like, yo, they offered Silva. You want to take a fight? And I was like, fuck yeah. And then that was it. Boom. We booked it. Uh, so then we started training, and then, like, yo, bro. that's and it. How bro. long did you give yourself, like, between uh, between fight and getting notice on the fight? What was that, a couple months? I mean, we were already kind of like training because I was paying him because, like I said, I was just trying to get back in shape and then I needed somebody holding pads for me. So I felt good mentally, right, and spiritually and just physically. And then, like, we were already kind of training and then we were like, all right, we'll eventually run into a fight. And I was like, I'm losing weight anyways. And uh, I say we did like a month, a month and a half. Like maybe usually, usually my camps, I would like to, we've been always starting them like at 50 days, maybe 50 days, three to four times a week if we can, you know, towards the end of the last, like we're in the last two weeks, mm. we're training like every day if we can, depending on where we at for weight, mm. you know what I mean? Gotcha. But, um, but yeah, we, we trained for Silva and we showed up and hey man, showed up, showed out, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my whole thing and getting out of the funk with COVID, you know, is like, I was like, I'm going to lose this weight, and then I'm going to get a fight, and then I'm going to get a fight like locally in California, because I was going to travel out of state. I was already looking at out of state, yeah. and I got offered one in like Arkansas, but I've never really even been out of California, to yeah. be honest. Why go so, out of state if you don't have to? Yeah, yeah, especially I was like, nah, something's going to pop off in California yeah. soon, and I was like, it's going to be too expensive to go to fucking Arkansas, plus yeah. I'm going to have to cut weight. How are we going to get out there? There's a lot of different things you got to sure. look at. Yeah. And then the guy that they offered me has already been fighting because he was from Texas, uh, and Texas, they didn't fucking shut down. 
Yeah, <laughs> they're just all still training. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think they do that like two fucking fights. I was like, bro, the guy just got off a big ass yeah, win. Fresh off a win. I was like, you know, we probably need like a tune up fight. Yeah, I was yeah. really like, we need a tune up fight, you know? Uh-huh. And then like Silva came and I was just like, well, fuck a tune up yeah. fight. I was yeah, like, let's go. That. Yeah, so we took it and, uh, you know, uh, all glory to God, first of all, for uh, giving us a win. He was with us and we got it done, bro. Yeah, man. You know, biggest win in my career. And here we are going into what? What is it? Uh, February eighteenth. Here we are, eighteenth man. Pro, Two weeks pro, out. Pro debut. Hell yeah. Yeah. And do you know his name? Uh, yeah, his name's uh Robert Ortiz. Yeah. Robert Ortiz at a Buena Park. Um, he is a kickboxing uh champion at a Golden Leg, which is like a tournament. Mm-hmm. And um, he's he has some MMA experience. Um, he's a little bit older. Uh, I think he, I think he might be like 37, 38, which why Sherry's a little bit older is I don't think he's he, he might be intimidated. I felt like I felt like when I seen Silva and them, I felt like he looked a little intimidated. At least his corner did. They knew. Shit, bro, the way you walked out, bro. Yeah, dude, bro. He could not have fucking been more fucking shook. You get you get what I'm saying? Like oh, I mean, and I did walk out like that, and I could see it. Like even on the video when they play it, like I see him in the corner and. His coaches are like, uh, his dad looks a little worried. Yeah, his dad low key wanted to just stand off the fucking mm-hmm. side. Oh, yeah, man, bro. And, and I can't blame them, you know. It's a dangerous yeah. fight. But, I mean, shout outs to him for taking the fight. Right. You know what I'm saying? Shout outs for him for stepping up and, and, and proving everybody that he's not just fighting cans. Right. Shout outs to him. You know what I'm saying? And the yeah. dude's going to come back. It was it was a knockout or whatever, but like the dude's going to come back and be better than ever. He's fucking, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? He's Anderson Silva's son, bro. Right. You know, it's in his blood and he showed it too. He moved on me. He moved on me. I was an underdog. I mean, I caught him. I just happened to catch him. It was either him Spinning or me. Spinning back fist, bro. That yeah. Spinning back fist was fucking clutch, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. How, and did, then, how do you feel about that? Like, was that something you guys were working on and then you just fucking hit it in the fight feeling good? You know what's funny is everybody asked me, like, did you train that? I didn't train it. I really, I mean, to be honest, me, I don't even like spinning shit. <laughs> and that's just because I'm fucking, I'm, I'm like, my body don't move like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like, it's just a little too risky for me. Mm. But that's me. But I mean, when I threw the shot, I did envision at one time I was like, how can I catch him? Because he's taller, he's faster, and he goes in and out. Yeah. And he knows how to keep his range, like, in and out. You know what I'm saying? And just enough range, and he can reach me a lot more than I can reach him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he pulls back. I was like, so what about if I throw a lead leg kick, head kick, just to throw to measure, right? Get him to pull back, and then I spin through and hit him with this back when fist. Back in. Yeah, exactly. And fucking, I mean, I I threw a leg kick and threw the other spinning back fist and got him. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't train for it. I did think about it, like what could catch him. But I mean, it just it just happened. Yeah. You know, hey, it doesn't matter now. No, no. Moving on. I mean, of course, you want to reflect on the good stuff. I mean, have you kind of adjusted some things going into this next fight, or are you just kind of keeping it the same thing as what you guys have been doing? Well, the next thing, the, I mean, we're always elevating. I think yeah. I th- we're all, we're always progressing. We're always like elevating and like evolving. Mm-hmm. And like one thing I'll say about us is like we're 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 hybrid strikers. You know, some guys are like, oh, I just do traditional Muay Thai, or oh, I'm just a kickboxer. I'm a Taekwondo guy, or I'm a boxer, or you know, I'm a brawler. Or this, but like, um, 
I really feel like nowadays, like, there's nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. And especially with, like, you know, the internet and videos and social media and different, like, influencers of martial artists and just, like, you being able to really see how other people move and operate and run drills and everything else. Like, I feel like we're always, uh, uh, you know, changing. Yeah. And absorbing some sort and, of and, yeah and and trying things out so yeah. we're not just like no we don't do that yeah you know a matter of fact like you know the the, the the i say i don't do spinning back shit but i might have been i might be practicing spinning back <laughs> shit you know what yeah, i'm saying yeah, yeah. like i might throw a few spins in there yeah yeah you know yeah. like you know i'm just not that graceful is what i'm saying <laughs> when i at least i don't feel that great but um you know i feel like i feel like for this camp we're just we're just doing us yeah which is, I just go hard. We go hard. We we grind it out. Like I have no question in my cardio. Yeah. I have no question in like my endurance. I have no question in my power. I have no question in my hands. I have no question in my legs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And my knees. So I'm just like, you know, they're like, oh, don't leak. No, like a lot of people are like, don't leak video of you training and blah blah blah. And I'm like. Bro, like, fucking, I can't tell you if I'm going to do any of that shit I do in training. Like, what comes out is what comes out. What what connects, connects. But, you know, I mean, on this one, we're just, we're just doing our thing. The nice thing is, is that the guy's my size. Everybody I fought before that was like six all foot plus. Sort of reach. Yeah, they were six. Yeah, no, reach all the time. So they're six foot plus. So I'm working and I'm just walking them down and pressure fighting them and walking forward and trying to get in on them. And they're fucking hitting me. That, 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 that. Until finally I can get by them and maybe throw a big shot like boom, boom. And then if they move off, they move off. And now it's still that, 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 that. And you got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But this guy, he's my size. So one thing, you know, we're just working is just excited about being the fucking same size, bro. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Just kind of seeing what kind of fight you guys have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just nice to not have to jump up off the ground on two yeah. legs to yeah, fucking to reach somebody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I mean, in the knockout versus Silva, I'm like fucking jumping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't even get past, like, his arms even when he was, like, rocked. Yeah, yeah. You know, I had to jump. The pressure you put on him, bro, you had to have that too, man. Yeah. It was was cool to see, bro. I was yelling at the fucking, my fucking YouTube. Let's I'm go. Like, that shit. That's dope, bro. Yeah, man, it was cool. How was that? How was the celebration? Let's let's end it on your celebration, bro. All right, so so um, my celebration, bro. Uh, obviously you're back on the grind, man. What did you have a my celebration, bro? To be honest, have a good meal. Uh, yeah, always. I I, I ate a little. I enjoyed November and December. And I ate some fucking, I was fucking horny for tamales. That was for sure. You know what I'm saying? Tamale season, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's tamale season, bro. When the fuck do you eat tamales? I mean, when do you ever crave tamales? November and December. You know what I mean? But I'm a big sweets guy, too. That's that's actually what put a lot of weight on me. I was going, I was just drowning myself in fucking dip cones from Wiener Central during the <laughs> pandemic and shit. And all of a sudden, I'm 230, bro. You know what I mean? I'm like, damn, they're fucking good. Yeah. But, um... You know, um, past the uh, what is it? What is the fucking what's the brand? Uh, drumstick, yeah. Fuck, past bro. the drumstick, exactly. Yeah. Just everything sweet, but um, um, I my celebration after that fight, it was big, bro, because finally we got an IKF title, we fucking got it in spectacular fashion, not by knockout. Yeah. It was it was Gabriel Silva, Anderson Silva's son, 
You know what I'm yeah, saying? Huge. It went fucking viral. Yeah, man. You, you had to have been blown up. You bro, get, what kind of? How many followers you get? I didn't get too many. No? To be honest, I Fighters Red probably blew up. You, you, Fighters Red blew up. I didn't get too many, but that's not a big deal. I mean, even yeah. even through all the videos, it's like Anderson Silva's son gets brutally knocked yeah. out. It's not. It's Silva it, gets KO. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's not fucking. It's, <laughs> it's not Familiary knocks out fucking Gabriel Silva. You know what I mean. Vinny Fam knocks out Gabriel Silva, but like you know, even you go to the comments and shit, they're like, imagine getting knocked out by the fucking old guy. Imagine, <laughs> yeah. Look at the guy on steroids. You know, yeah, people yeah, talking yeah. shit, and oh, I, I'm just yeah. laughing. But it was cool, bro. Like, I was on a big fucking high. I screamed so much. I didn't have a voice for three weeks. I could tell. I could tell you fucking screamed, fucking yelling for your kids after. Yeah, yeah bro. Yelling for my kids, bro. Thank you so much yeah. for bringing that one up, bro. Yeah. And it that was what was so emotional for me. Because for like 10 months, you know, the custody battle, my kid's mom not talking to me, not letting me see the kids. And like, all I ever wanted is my kids to be there to see their dad and be like, fuck, that's my dad. Yeah. You know, out of all fucking fights. You just want them there. Yeah, exactly. And like, I, and like, out of all fights, for them to be at any, I wish they were at that one. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, the whole, I mean, th- when I got that knockout, the people went fucking nuts. Yo, dude. I heard it, bro. It was bro, nuts the there, whole, bro. I mean, the You fuck. did the classic top row fucking yell. Yeah. 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 I mean, that was my pro wrestling shit yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah. That was my Stone Cold Steve, I know, Steve Austin. I know, bro. That would have been fucking epic. <laughs> but, you know, like, the celebration was great. I was just happy because I got the win because I'm thinking as I'm going to that fight, I'm like, you know, are you gonna keep fighting? Am I gonna keep fighting? Yeah. Is this guy a like? If I lose, should I keep fighting? Am I too old? Should I throw in the towel? Yeah. Like, should I even have took this fight? Amateur? Should I've already went pro? I should have went pro a few years back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like a lot of things are going through my head. But I mean, it was nice because I made everybody proud, bro. Yeah. Even even Master Cordero, like you know who's who's had. The top of the top fucking UFC and Pride Fighting Championships was like proud. He was yeah. like, "You made me proud." Oh man, that's awesome. you know what I'm saying. And like, all I've ever wanted to do is make him proud. Right? Yeah, head coach saying that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then like Steve De La Paz, I made him proud. Like you know, he's like, "I told you you could do it." Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like being able to just like do it with him. I asked my boy Rusty to come back. We had um. We had parted ways for a little while, but, you know, he was there from from the ground up from my first, you know, fight as a sanctioned fight in amateur. And I had asked him, I told him, hey, bro, like, this is going to be my last amateur fight. And um, it would really mean a lot for me if you were there because, like, we started this shit together. And, like, I want you to be there for my last one. And like he came in, like he when he came in. As a matter of fact, I got the knockout. He ran in the ring. He's the first guy in the fucking ring. Was he? Yeah, and I, I like fucking ran towards him, and like I don't know, he like tried to pick me up, but I was too heavy, and I fell on him with momentum and shit. It was funny, bro. He <laughs> fell back on his back and shit. Oh, shit. Poor guy, but uh, you know I love you, Rusty. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, and then my cousin was there, and then um, you know it was emotional, and not only that, my mother and father were both there. And I'm 34. My my mom and dad are like 67, 68. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Older, yeah. They're getting old. Yeah. And it, it was nice because my mom, out of like 19 fights that I did have, she's only been in like one, maybe two. And they were like the beginning. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So for her to see her son yeah. 
fucking do that. Yeah. Did you have to talk her into it? Like, hey, mom, kind of fighting a big fight over here. You know what it was? I, she almost didn't go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like dead ass. She almost didn't go because this Parents is. Parents don't even want to watch that type of shit sometimes. No, know? no, like, but. I the, can't watch my baby. The, the, the thing was, too, is like my mom is like so busy because she still does work oh, as okay. a nurse, as a hospice nurse. Oh, she's tired. She gets old, you know? Yeah. She's a little older, you know? And then by the end of the week, she's, she smoked. And then, like, I couldn't get tickets for her. Because there was only a thousand tickets that got sold. Because even on this one, the they promotion, yeah, yeah, because the restricted cap of fucking COVID. Uh-huh. So like, I was like, I didn't think you're gonna come, so I didn't get a ticket, you know. Yeah. And then like, she was like, Well, I was gonna come, and I was like, Just come, I'll get you in. Yeah. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I'll yeah. get you in. You know Some what I'm celebrity saying? Celebrity shit. Yeah, you know. And like, I mean, I try to pull it honestly for my boy's son. And the oh, promoter right. was like, hey, bro, like, I got a cap. Like, I can't, like, he looked stressed. And this is the first time we worked to each other, too. Oh, yeah. Shout out to George. And he was like, come on, man. Like, you know, and like, I was like, look, I don't mean to overstep you. I'm like, but my boy has his son with him, and like, we're watching him. Yeah. He's with us, with us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're babysitting. Like, he needs to sit his ass in the chair, and, <laughs> you know, as we warm up. And that's, that's just the lifestyle that we live. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was big. Like even even my boy Steve's son, um, Ollie, little Oliver, he got to see the win. You know what I'm saying? And it was like euphoric to him because he was like, fuck, like that energy. Like, yeah, he was just like, fuck, like that's my dad. And that's like, you know, like my Uncle Vinny. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they just fucking shut down the whole place. Yeah. So it was real emotional. It was great. Yeah. I loved it. I fucking screamed my voice off. I mean, I was walking around the house, bro, going, Oh, we did it! We did it! I'm the champ! We did it. Like, just randomly, just yeah, fuck, yeah. you know, even driving, I was I was really euphoric. I was yeah. high for, like, three weeks on this shit. Sleep with that belt. But yeah, yeah, bro, yeah. yeah, just everywhere. And then I always try to take my belts and take pictures with, like, you know, my um my sponsors and 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 my my friends and family and fans and yeah. people will buy tickets and like sure. I put it on them so yeah I rolled yeah, around man. and did my little I thing. I was hoping you were gonna bring it today, bro. bro I was gonna bring it too, <laughs> but I just I didn't want people getting exhausted. Like no, fuck no, this yeah, guy yeah. in the belts, man. <laughs> yeah, nah, it's all good. You know what I'm saying? Um, but man, I dude, I appreciate it, bro. It's been awesome talking to you, man. Like the journey, hearing about your journey. And, uh, you know, just kind of getting a piece on where you came from, man. It's been pretty awesome, bro. So yeah. I appreciate you for being here, man. Appreciate you. Um, I appreciate you having me. Dude. And, uh, dude, I hope you can come on again, man. You're two weeks out, bro. Let's go, yeah, bro. Man, anyway, we'll give you some time, recover yeah. after. But, hey, man, hope you – anytime you want to come by, bro, you can come by. I would love that. Thank you All so right, much, bro. Thank hey, you. Hey, man, appreciate you. Bro. Appreciate you, bro. All Thank right, you for man. having me. Yeah, man. Thank you, bro. We're out. That's it. Boom.